comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The PKD Black Box is a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. This is the PKD Black Box, episode 63. This episode is brought to you by Princeless from Action Lab Entertainment. Action Lab Entertainment is proud to present Princeless, which tells the story of Adrian, one princess who's tired of waiting to be rescued. Join Adrian and her guardian dragon, Sparky, in an action adventure designed specifically for those who are tired of waiting to be rescued and who are ready to save themselves. Written by Jeremy Whitley, with stunning art by M. Goodwin, and featuring a backup story by Jeremy and D.E. Belton, Princeless is a swashbuckling miniseries that will appeal to children of all ages. Princeless, who needs Prince Charming? Save yourself. Princeless is a comic book miniseries available for pre-order this month at dcbservice.com, tfall.com, or your local retailers, or various online retailers with an order code of August 110748. Additional information and release schedule can be found at actionlabcomics.com. Once again, that's actionlabcomics.com. Welcome back to the PKD Black Box. I'm your host, Sean Pryor. Before we get to our feature presentation, I just wanted to let you know that after this episode, because this was Matinee Idols Month, and after five consecutive episodes of the PKD Black Box, I'm going to take a little time off. Brother's a little tired, (laughs) you know, giving you all this content and stuff like that. I've had a blast doing it. It's been a wonderful month of podcasting. It's been a wonderful month of episodes. But I'm going to take a little bit of time off, get a little bit of R&R, take care of some other things. Uh, The PKD Black Box will return on September the 28th, and then we resume our biweekly schedule uh, once again. Don't fret. There still will be content on the PKD Black Box feed. Uh, John Carroll of the Carroll Chronicles will be giving his NFL NFL preview episode in the coming week. And then after that, you will have some tales from the Attic episodes from Donnie Salvo. He's given us a fresh batch of episodes to give to the people. So we'll be playing some of those as well. And then, as I said before, the PKD Black Box will return September the 28th, brand spanking new, and back to its bi-weekly schedule. want to thank everybody that's continuing to listen to the show. I hope you've liked Matinee Idols Month. Had a great time doing it, um, as did everyone else that participated in it. So we're going to go ahead and get to our feature presentation. All right, we're going to go ahead and get started with our State of the Movie Industry 2011 talk, uh, backed by popular demand. On the line right now are uh, two uh, familiar voices from last year's show and also a a, a new addition to to, uh, this year's show from the Matinee Idols podcast and the Chemical Box podcast, uh, the one and only Alec Berry and the one and only Joey Alicio. How y'all doing? What's up? Not bad, man. Glad to be here. I'm doing all right. Uh, I better be good though. I am missing my "So You Think You Can Dance" uh, lady. Oh God, God. that's what I was thinking right now. So, hey man, that's, that's what DVR and Hulu is for, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and see, and wait a minute, did I get your last name right, Joey? 
That, did I say it right? You got it perfect. Did it perfect. Thank you, man. You the only person, the only person on the internet who has. So, so. You know how yeah. I worked on that for forty-five minutes today. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm for. I was like the electric company with the dude on the one side and the dude on the other side. You think I'm playing? I was. I was like, I'm not fucking this up this time. I'm recording one take, one take. Also on the line is the uh, Glyph-nominated artist of the hit web comic Ants. Uh, his uh, artwork has been seen in heavy metal. He is the Ric Flair of the web comics and art industry, and he also has a podcast called Ignorant Bliss. Um, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Julian Lido. Julian, how you doing, sir? I mean, I'm doing all right, you know. Seeing movies for free, like a boss. <laughs> <laughs> see, and that see, and that's why we have you here on this podcast, along with myself and um, and Joey. Um, you know, like the one big thing about like last year's show we really got in we really went all in talking about like you know movie theaters the way the industry's working and things like that but we wanted to bring an additional perspective because you know you go see movies for free you know because you you know do the screeners and stuff like that so you know maybe you can give uh, give additional insight that maybe we weren't able to give on last year's show what we're going to do is we're going to go down the line and um we'll actually you know we're going to start with alec Basically, first question we'll put. It should out be here. a short segment. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, how has the how, in your opinion, um, has the 2011 movie season fared um, for you so far? I'm just gonna go off just the basic fact that I've only seen like two or three movies in the theater this summer, or just actually this year, not even the summer. I mean, granted, not the best perspective to have when you're doing a you know state of the movie industry for 2011, but I don't. I think. I think just the fact that I haven't gone to the theater kind of says a lot in itself. Um, remember, like when we last time we talked, we talked a lot about you know franchises and us just getting sick of that and the constant blockbuster rollout, rollout and everything. And that sort of has been my mindset for the year. And I remember talking to Joe uh, at the beginning of 2011, like when we started seeing a lot of the trailers roll out for the year, and I was just like, "This year looks like it's going to suck. Like there's nothing that's kept like keeping my interest at all. I just don't care." It's a lot of, you know, just what we kind of feared. And I think you know, Joey's come back and kind of told me I've been wrong because he's seen a lot of movies and he seemed to have liked most of them. But I just, I have not found the interest because it's just been a lot of that. Just aliens attack the world. Uh, let's get a superhero in here. Let's do a cartoon. And I just don't really have any interest to go see a lot of this stuff. So I don't know if 2011 so far has been kind of disappointing. Um, the couple movies I have seen, I mean, the two of them, I guess I'm a hypocrite in a way because I did see comic book movies when I went to went because when I went to the theater, because, you know, just that fanboy part of me says, go see these, even though I kind of don't want to. And, you know, two of those I did actually enjoy. So maybe I'm wrong and maybe I should have just went to the theater and saw some of these movies for myself. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Not too positive of an opinion I have so far. All right. No, fair, fair enough. Hey, your opinion, you're, you're more than entitled to it. Now, Joey, uh, what about you, sir? Uh, I have to say, actually, like, I, I remember when like, Alec had just mentioned, like, when the year started, I did, I did think, actually, like, oh, you know, this is going to be a crap year all around. But I actually found that until we got to the summer, it was actually a really solid movie season. Actually, um, and this actually might be part of the reason, actually, because it seemed like summer like what would usually be a summer movie just come out all year round now mm-hmm. you know there's no difference it's just like something that should have probably like something like the green hornet which probably should have been a big summer movie just came mm-hmm. out in january yeah. but it actually was really good i actually wound up really liking it i, I agree um, i agree 100 uh, but please go ahead sorry uh, but i'm just saying like uh just to the year like a lot of movies i i'm right like I, I i just thought like oh that's not going to be any good wind up being like my favorite movies it's like limitless for example i thought that was going to be 
piece of crap, but actually wound up being like my second favorite movie I saw this year. I thought it was actually a really kind of subversive, uh, kind of against the grain kind of film, actually. I thought like uh, probably had one of the best comedies, I think, in a long time this year, Bridesmaids. I actually wind up actually enjoying two comic book movies this year that, you know, over from the summer season, which was kind of shocking. I didn't expect that. But I actually think like, the, like from January to like April, May-ish, like it was a really solid, it was always at least something good to see at least like every weekend, if every other weekend, and sometimes two or three at a time. And I feel like when we got to the summer, it was like that. That's when I started to kind of lose enthusiasm. But so far, I don't know. Like, uh, we'll see what happens. Next summer is looking a lot better. But uh, yeah. so this year so far, actually, uh, it hasn't been it hasn't been terrible. I think the like, summer season could be a bit better. But the year round, there's been plenty of things to see that I thought were pretty good. And uh, what about you, Julian? I don't, I don't know. People kind of this in 2011. I think 2011 been all right. The summer, too. Like, I don't know. I've seen um. you see, you got to you got to have a balanced diet. It's like you go to the cookout, right? You can't get the plate and get all the ribs and the chicken you gotta go over there get some of them greens right you gotta go over there get some of that corn you know so i balance out the thor i saw that tree of life you know i saw um, midnight in paris i saw the the tribe documentary those are good films and they balance out some of the whack movies that came out like let's say priest i didn't see it i didn't waste my time but come on you look at the you look at the commercials like oh that's terrible I think X-Men First Class was a really gay film. Like, overall, it's, to me, it's one of the top films of the year. Mm-hmm. Just because freaking McAvoy and Fassbender sell those roles. Yeah. It was like watching um, You Only Live Twice, but James Bond can has magnet powers and Felix Leiter can talk in people's heads. I was like, oh, snap, it's James Bond with superpowers. This is great. You know, I enjoyed Thor. It was a good movie to me. I don't know if everybody really likes it. I haven't really seen, like, saw a real good comedy yet this year that I really liked. But, you know, it's only, what, half the year's gone past? Mm-hmm. I've seen, like, like, at least four great films, I feel. Yeah. Okay. Talk about it in the, like, the end of the year. Like, Midnight of Paris is going on the list. Mm-hmm. Tree of Life is going on the list. Beast Rhymes of Life Tree is going of Life on the list. Tree Life was definitely my favorite thing I saw this year. That was probably the best. So, like, that and Midnight Paris, I really wish I could have seen, but they just don't play around me. I'm yeah. so sorry for you. <laughs> but it's like I don't know you guys say that it hasn't been that bad of a year and I kind of think back and maybe I should have gave this year more of a chance I mean but I don't know just something about it just never generated enthusiasm for me well I think a lot of that had to do with basically what was happening toward the end of the year last year and with a lot of the films that came out toward the end of the year last year that probably gave you sour grapes and like that kind of rolled over to 2011 for, for some people like a lot of my friends were like that they're like I'm not screwing with the movies you know this year and sometimes I, I feel that like there's so much snark out in the world I think that just ruins that for a lot of people that ruins their actual movie going experience period so they just quit going for me 2011 has been real interesting as far as movies go like a lot of things I in the beginning I wasn't in the beginning of the year I wasn't able to see right away but when it came out on DVD or you know when it was available for viewing I got to watch it later and I and, and like Joey said Joey said Green Hornet was good I don't understand what people wanted out of that movie I really don't. People act like the TV show was hot. Yeah, and then and listen, listen. I I grew up as a kid watching that syndicated. It wasn't hot. The only cool parts of that show was when Bruce Lee would beat somebody up, and that was it. Besides when that, they met Batman and Robin. Yeah, and remember when Burt Ward was talking mad shit like he could beat up Bruce Lee? Got <laughs> got on set and was scared. 
<laughs> talking all that bullshit. I wish Bruce Lee would have kicked him in the face. But Green Hornet was really good. So, you know, really enjoyed that. I really, like, later on in the year, I really enjoyed Bridesmaids. I thought Bridesmaids was hilarious. And because, like, you know, I'm married, my wife wants to go to the movies. So sometimes I see things that, like, I didn't expect would be any good, but but really were. Some things I did see that I thought were weak, even though the box office proves otherwise, is like The Hangover Part 2. Hangover Part 2, they literally... I mean, I want. I knew what to expect when I walked in because it's like first one made a lot of money. First one I enjoyed, but the studio's like, listen, do the same thing again. Here we go, and the trailer showed you everything. So I walked in like I already know everything that's going on, and there were no surprises, none, none. And then you know, and then I just walked up like, eh, it was all right. I'm glad I paid matinee price, but bridesmaids laughed my ass off. I cry, you know, I was literally crying. Because I, you know, because I was laughing, because I was, I was enjoying it that much. I enjoyed films like Cap. I enjoyed, I, I really enjoyed X Men First Class. I got one beef with that movie. You know, <laughs> I, I won't get that's into that. That's a separate pod. That's a separate that's podcast. Separate podcast. That's I, a black versus podcast. Yes, yes. I, you know, I, I, I will, I will put that on the side. I'll be like Skype when it becomes commercial. Pause. But, uh, uh, you know, but until then, but but until then, I, you know, I'll let that go. But besides that, it was cool. Just like you said, Julian, for the simple fact that the chemistry between Fassbender and McAvoy, you know, was something in one film that three Star Wars prequels couldn't do with Ewan McGregor and Christian and Hayden Christensen. That's because they oh, don't shark bite. The Star Wars bashing and all don't shark out. biting. There's no shark biting in the X Men. The X Men created something. Star Wars is built on shark biting. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I wasn't trying. To, I wasn't trying to hate. I, was, I was, honestly was not trying to. Hate I am. On Star Wars. I will hate on Star Wars anytime I can. <laughs> <laughs> Because look, I know you don't like them lightsabers, Julian. But no, I like glow sticks. But but on on the real, I have enjoyed this this movie this movie season. There has been some bullshit. Let's I'm not gonna lie. I mean, there's been bullshit for adults. There's been bullshit for kids. If if I watched Battle Los Angeles with like the uh, sound (laughs) off. I probably I would. You pro- still wouldn't see anything, right? Yeah, yeah, and like, and, and I and I don't like being that dude because now like you're being a movie snob. I'm like, no, it's just that I've seen this before. You know what I mean? I, I've I've seen it before, and like, I think though that that was a big reason though why I wasn't so kind of jaded about the movie season kind of for the first half of the year is because it seems like every movie that was really bad I just didn't see. Like I didn't see Battle of L.A. I didn't see Sucker Punch. Um, I didn't see Hangover 2. Like, I just, the ones I avoided happened to be the worst ones. And, yeah. like, I occasionally got stuck with a movie that was just, like, okay, you know, at, at worst. So I think that was. It's just funny. Like, if, if you only went to the movies, like, one time this year and you went to see, you know, Hangover 2 and Sucker Punch, then maybe it's part of the problem. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was an article that was on GQ's website, and it's called The Day the Movies Died. And a lot of it has to do with two things. One, how the industry continues to avoid looking at a film like Inception as a success. It was an experience. It was an experience. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my wife and I still talk about it. 
So, um, but the thing is, is that the industry itself doesn't talk about Inception as a success. They look at Inception as Warner Brothers making that movie as a favor to Christopher Nolan because, you know, because Nolan's doing Batman 3. And I'm like, no, it worked because it was a good movie. Yeah. You, you know, it made over eight, like 800 million worldwide. You know, why don't you look at that? And instead of, like in the article says, like, um, with that in mind, let's look ahead to what's on the menu for this year. Four adaptations of comic books, one prequel to an adaptation of a comic book, one sequel to a sequel to a movie based on a toy, one sequel to a sequel to a sequel to a movie based on an amusement park ride, one prequel to a remake, two sequels to cartoons, one sequel to a comedy, an adaptation of a children's book, an adaptation of a Saturday morning cartoon, one sequel with a four in the title, two sequels with a five in the title, one sequel that, if it were inclined to use numbers, would have a seven and a half in a title. And then some movie called I Am Number Four. It's <laughs> like the worst title. That's imagine. a children's book. That's a young adult fiction book, though. Yep. Is it really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, 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 people, and people are sleeping on the young adult fiction. Like them. That's like the only books making money. Like... Yeah, I mean, so they're gonna make sense. movies out of them. Yeah, yeah, like, yo, Harry awesome. Potter, they opened the game up, and I was like, yo, everybody's trying to eat, even though they look stupid. Because I am number four, looked horrible. If a movie looks horrible, you should just think, like, oh, Julian's not gonna see that for free. <laughs> <laughs> Someone I worked with tried to convince me that was good, but I really just didn't believe him. Yeah, Daryl, watching on cable. Yeah. <laughs> what did you say, Joey? Daryl liked it, apparently. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> really? You just say Daryl? Yeah. Yeah, he was going Darryl on Twitter. Had, he was has, like, this is the new mutants movie I've always wanted. And he has terrible taste in film. I'll tell you that's when to his face. <laughs> the man doesn't even watch black and white films. No, no, I saw it yesterday. Julian and Daryl were going off about like DC Comics or just super No, I was heroes. talking about how one, the, this week's One Piece is yeah, better it was, it was than better. everything that Marvel and DC's, DC's going to put out this year. Yeah, and he was Early saying. this year and now, period. The rest of the year is done. One Piece. And he was like, oh, I like Kong. I don't care. It's better than whatever they come out with. The new 52, better than that. Luffy kicked a shark dude in the chest at the right moment when you were like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And the best splash page of the last two years is in it. Can you do that Daryl impression again? I really thought that was great. (laughs) (laughs) You know, hey, yeah, Daryl has bad taste in film. He knows I, I think this because he does. Those movies he be talking about are terrible. That's why I'm a film snob. I, if you see enough movies in a year, you are going to turn into a film snob. You have uncontrollableness. It's like, hey, I'm going to see 50 movies in a year. And you're going to start noticing like, oh, that movie's terrible. Oh, that movie's pretty good. Oh, wow. I want different things out of this. Oh, a, a stupid effect isn't going to hold up anymore. And you start sitting there and you start meeting like the freaking film critics and you start talking about this that and it's like oh but yeah the, you know cinematography was whack right there or oh, that dude really couldn't carry the scene and then uh, oh, lo and behold you're a freaking film snob and you're watching the Oscars like oh my god how did they pick that the script was terrible and yep. it just happens it's just like you change it's like growing up or some shit <laughs> <laughs> nah I totally I totally get what you mean I kind of went through that this year so see what you did Joey see what you did yeah I do blame Joey <laughs> Joey's like, you can't like Jurassic Park 2. It's not good. It sucks. And I'm like, no, it's it's really good. Trust me. And then I watched it again and I'm like, fuck Stop. Joey. You ruined it for me. God damn it. I still want to know how that T-Rex opened up that fucking thing. I don't care. It was cool when I was six. I liked it. I was oh, you were six when that came out? Oh, I, yeah, it was like, I think it was like 97. I was in kindergarten when that movie came oh, out. Oh, yeah. So. I feel oh, yeah. old. 
No, I think I was going to have that effect. I have that effect on people. I, I, I remember. I remember when I saw Jurassic Park two. I remember there was all this hype about Vince Vaughn, and I was like, "Who is Vince Vaughn?" And then I see him. I'm like, "What is the big deal with this dude?" Because I <laughs> because I hadn't seen Swingers yet. Oh, and, see, I saw Swingers already. I was like, "Oh, wow, you know, we got him in this movie." And so <laughs> and so and so then and so then I see Swingers. I'm like. Oh, this dude is pretty talented. But see, should, should Vince Vaughn be commended for not acting like himself at all in Lost World? No, or no. just because it's no. not a bad performance. It's no, just it's a not. Nothing it's this kind of performance. But you know? that was the whole thing. It was like one of those things where it's like you could have replaced him with anybody in that movie, and it had been you know, and and I wouldn't have seen a difference. You know what I mean? So it's just like they gave him this role, but and and I'm glad he was completely different from what he was in Swingers. That you know that showed me that he can act. You know what I mean? But it was just he was just blank. In Jurassic Park too, but then again, a lot of characters. To be fair, that film was blank. Yes, no, I I agree. But no. when when the girl like got on the pole and started like doing gymnastics, oh, <laughs> and she kicks a raptor. Yes, yeah, she face. she kicked a. Ra- yes, I'm like you know what like they kicked you off the team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, no, I liked how Jeff Goldblum was just suddenly serious all of a sudden. Yeah, movie. same thing. Even got Goldblum, which I guess you could explain that. Oh, yeah, it's the Experience, but, but I don't. Uh, we were talking about Inception and its effect. <laughs> But yeah. Jurassic Park 4, I have excited. <laughs> I will be there. I Yo, be there. yeah, yeah, I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. That movie and Bill and Ted 3 are like my most anticipated future films that I want to see made. But Julian, have you yeah. ever read the Jurassic Park 4 script with the dino soldiers? See, you did stop. You stop. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I that's said. Right there, that's the awesomeness. That yep. gets close to the awesomeness of Transformers basically being robot heaven. So you said dino soldiers. <laughs> yeah. I think that the world's like ready, good. personally. I don't I, think they were ready in 2002. I think they're I still, ready for it. Doug. I think it would make sense. Like we were talking, we talked about this last night when we were doing the chemical box. And I'm like, it makes a lot of sense. The first Jurassic Park is about losing control. And like you you take that, you know, story like 20 years later or whatever, dino soldiers is the outcome. It makes a lot of sense. Hey, that's I'll, chaos. That's that's like a pure form of chaos. A raptor with like an AK-47. All, all I'm saying oh, is, dude. all I'm saying is I want a soundtrack by Swiss Beats <laughs> and, and when the T-Rex comes in, I want them hard Swiss Beats breaks to come in and like Busta Rhymes just start growling. That shit would be amazing. <laughs> do, do you just raptors with AK-47s? Yeah. <laughs> That right, with there, AK-47s. that right there, that protects you from Zomageddon. Because the zombies <laughs> can't handle raptors with AK-47. Nah, they're way too fast. They're too fast, they're too smart, and they got and they, guns. And they communicate very effectively with little sounds. Yes, yes. and they would use their tails to cut zombies in half. It's exactly. Awesome. <laughs> Damn, why is that movie not being made? Who, whoever hears this. See, you know, the, when I heard the announcement, it was like, I've been waiting for that since I was like 10 years old when 3 ended. So it was like this big gratification. I have faith it's coming out in like three years. But they might not use that script now. That's like, I, it's, it's gonna, it's I gonna, think they should, personally. I, yeah, they should use that script. But. And, think of, and think of the toys. Anyway, but we're going to get to movie toys eventually because we're going to talk about that. But let's get back to this whole thing about how studios are just really scared to take risk and like make inception not i'm not saying a movie like inception but just you know yeah. something that's away from the norm instead of just constantly going the for the flaw in that article though i found is that they don't ever mention tree of life i'm like there was a movie like that this summer that nobody went to see granted it didn't have a huge release but well, it, like, it, it made money it made yeah, it, it made, made money it for what for what they expected to make money and well, any movie they have to give up the disclaimer like after 20 minutes you can't get your money back yeah you know, I think it's doing pretty well. But the big thing about that article, though, is they're trying to—they're talking about 
by blockbuster success, they're meaning it makes a lot, a lot of coin. So it doesn't really make sense for me to them to put Tree of Life in there, which is really but, like just it doesn't even mention film. that that movie came. Like, I guess you out. got like, a point, and I guess someone it goes might read them. that article that's not film savvy, yeah, like too I film mean, savvy, and be like, oh well, I guess there's nothing to see this summer. And like if they had mentioned it, maybe they would have been like, yeah. oh, I'm kind of curious to. You've see got a you've got a point, and it probably does come down to them just trying to continue their their negative approach in the article just yeah. to strengthen that. And even like look at the success of like Midnight in Paris this summer. Like it's yeah. it's did it's a way beyond what they thought it would and i think that's a reason why people are kind of looking for something else and it was kind of even though if you if you're a big fan of woody allen like i am it's not totally different from anything he's done but it's a it's i don't know actually his style is very different from a lot of films made today so even though it is kind of just a comedy with a twist like it's still it's a lot more interesting than a lot of other stuff out there right now like there's not that many christopher nolas that can make an inception that can make a smart blockbuster action movie with like all your favorite stars in it and do it effectively. There's not a lot of directors that can do that. Well, there was it's, actually a film. Um, I don't know if you saw uh, Source Code, but yes. uh, I don't. Know if I didn't see Source Code, but it looked really good. But. It actually was. It was way better. But that was actually a film where I'm like, this could have done like Inception business, actually, possibly. If you it had probably could have. But the the schedule this summer was too. Like, uh, would you want to go against Johnny Depp doing a Keith Richards impression with Penelope Cruz? I wouldn't. That's just not smart business. Would you want to go against Transformers? <laughs> I wouldn't want to go against Optimus Prime. Do you see what Optimus Prime does? To Even things? Tom Hanks couldn't take down the Transformers. No, Yo, no it's, it's, <laughs> can we can we pause for a second? Because I want to say something real quick. If I hear one more person ask why Captain America did not come out on July fourth, let me explain something. Both both Transformers three and Captain America are distributed by Paramount. And anybody with common sense knows, regardless of how you feel about the Transformers franchise. Any businessman knows you're going to you're going to take your heavy hitter, put your heavy hitter on July 4th weekend. Actually, they started at July, June 29th and let that motherfucker run as as long and hard as possible. And then a few weeks later, say, you know what, Cap, late July, that's all you. If I one more person is like, well, it's not American. That's not patriotic. Fuck that <laughs> shit. <laughs> this is business. Problem is John Actually, Wayne. it is patriotic because if you're a real American, you don't want to see Cap get slaughtered in its opening weekend. <laughs> yeah. There you go. They, you, actually, they gave it a good spot. They gave it the Dark Knight release uh, weekend. Yep. So yeah, and, and so it, they had and, some faith in it. So. Yeah, and it had and it had a strong opening, and it you know, and it beat the ever rolling Harry Potter. You know, and and Harry Potter is still running strong. Yeah, it, it beat Harry Potter by like a little bit, but whoever says there's a Mack truck that sounds like John Wayne ain't ain't American need to be smacked in the face. <laughs> they 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 come eighty five tears were shed over Optimus Prime. He was a toy. Captain America ain't never have no kids crying. Like unless her. you watch the Pursuit of Happiness. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> I totally forgot about that see you took it there you just had to take it there see, that ain't right that ain't right but sorry I did not mean to 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 just you know to derail the show it's just nah, that's cool. that People be hating on cat they be hating on them I just didn't understand that I really didn't it's like it's just it's common business sense you go with your heavy hitter first you know succeed or fail you always go with the heavy hitter and then you have that buffer then you bring out the new kid that's how it works that's how that's how the game has always worked but 
But no, Joey's right. You know, like Tree of Life has been for, you know, for how they've presented it to the audiences and for the screens it's been on, mildly successful. It's, it's been a critical divide in the film with a film like that. But see, I think the industry needs more of that to mix it up with all these big blockbusters. My whole thing is, is that I don't mind sequels. Don't get me wrong. But it's just that summer has become that era of here come the sequels. And here's one or Let's- two, one or two original concepts. Here you go. My whole thing with sequels is it's just like, I don't know, it's just, it's anti-progression to me. I mean, granted, it's it's commercial film and you're, you're selling a product and all that stuff. But at the same time, like, it's some, it's some sense of pop art. And it's just when you're doing a sequel, you're returning to the same thing over and over again. You're not really going after a new idea. You're not, like, pushing for any new ground. And I did, I did enjoy the GQ article because I, I do agree um, you know, that we do need to focus on doing new things. I mean, I've seen Inception like 20 times at this point. I still think it's a solid film, even though I kind of see some of the problems in it at this point. But, you know, I totally would like to see someone not literally do Inception 2, but someone take that inspiration of like Inception or just doing, you know, an original idea and someone else going that route and trying that, like no doubt. I mean, I always go back to that Morrison quote. I think when he was interviewed at San Diego last year for um, Sinatra, like he just said, like people were hungry for new things. You know, between like Avatar and Inception doing so well, people are hungry for new ideas. And I think that's true. And I just think we got to get to that point where we get off the sequels, we get off going back to the same topics, and we got to go for some new ideas and new, new stuff. But I think you, you got to to get the money to make an Inception. Yeah. You got to make a Batman Begins. Like you, you, yeah. You well, got to prove yourself. Like, that's the money. thing with um. That's the thing with Nolan, and and you brought that up earlier, Julian. It's like there's not a lot of people like Nolan that can do something as ambitious and as, as Inception and get that cast. And you're completely right. Like Nolan totally, totally got that that ability from making The Dark Knight sell as well as it did. You know, I think there there probably are directors up and coming out there that have the talent to do stuff like that, but the privilege, no, there's no one in that seat that sold that many tickets. Yeah, you know I think I mean? um, Vaughn or whatever could do it. He did X Men, right? Yeah, yeah, Matt Vaughn. yeah. Like he's like he did Kick Ass. I think Kick Ass was a terrible comic book. He made a great film. That's a terrible both. I think. And um, <laughs> you're the pessimist. No, the comic no, has John Romita Jr. art, so the comic. No, okay. no, it's not. Terrible. No, it's uh. terrible. Like I'll rip it to shreds in, in people's faces. It's terrible. <laughs> the movie was entertaining in what it was trying to do. Uh, I don't agree. And X Men, he made the best X Men movie to yeah. date. It wasn't about Wolverine. Awesome. But he's got a he's got a dude's got to sell seats. I mean, that's like you got it. That's that's the way it works. Is you you got to show that you can make he, money. He got the number ten movie on of the right now of the year. So yeah, but I mean, when you right. compare that to like in Dark Knight, you know, profit, it's not. Yeah, anything. but like, well, it was Batman Begins. Batman Begins ain't make Dark Knight money. It was like yeah. Batman Begins. He made the prestige. He came and hit everybody upside the head with the best Batman movie ever. And then you can make an exception. You got to make them want to keep you so they'll give you the original opportunities. You know, they yep. you make them you make them a billion dollars. They're going to be like, you can make whatever the heck you want. If you say <laughs> you're going to make Batman 3, and then we'll let you make Batman any type of way you want because you made a billion dollars. Yeah. So, I think that, that goes to another problem, which I'm sure Sean is going to bring up. Like, movies, I think, I think are costing a bit much, like, too much than they have to, I think, too. Yeah. Continue, Joey, please speak on it. You don't need 200 million to make a good movie that a lot of people go see, but it's like, but that's see, just laziness. They only make two type of movies now, cheap movies and expensive movies. They ain't giving people $80 million to make a movie no more because the benefits, they're not seeing the returns on those movies. Those smaller, like, 60 to 80 
million dollar movies they're not seeing returns no more so they're cutting those films out so they'll make the films that make cost at the most 30 mil put them in the art house they'll make all that money back through the freaking the competitions and can and Sundance and going to all these art house because they'll build up enough buzz then they'll put it on demand and then they'll They'll put it out and make the DVD. They'll make the money back. Like, you know, the King's Speech, it'll get an Oscar, and they can release it two, three times. And then the big money, they they take the gamble on the big ones, the $200 million movies, because they're about 60-40 on those. Even when they do crappy, like, they still going to make money on Green Lantern. It's, yeah. it's a piece of shit. It's um, going to make money. I, I, now, see, with Green Lantern, that's a whole different story. I don't think that's going to recoup. And I'll get to that in a second. I, I'll get to I that. I think it's going to recoup. I think it is, actually. Maybe like 10 years from now. No, see, no I think it's going to recoup in like the next three years. It'll recoup. That's it, awesome. Yeah, three, three, yeah. three years, yes. But it like, depends how quickly they do a riff tracks on it and people need the, um, <laughs> like, the need actual the movie thing to watch to, to do it. That's possible. No. no. Yo, it's always going to be on TNT, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> it's always going to be on TNT. No, I don't end up on FX and like two years. Now, nah, it's Warner Brothers, man. They ain't giving nothing to Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> Damn, Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> you now, got a point. There Good is point. an exception to the rule on lower budgeted films that have been a box office success this summer. Perfect example, Super 8. A Super 8's a $50 million budgeted film, makes $125 million in the U.S. and about $180 yeah, million worldwide. So there are still movies that are within that $50 million budget, but see, it takes... That's uh, JJ. It, yeah, yeah, but they probably threw like $50 million also to promote it or more that that would be like kevin smith like really blew the lid off of this whole thing this year i think when um he talked about the whole thing he did with red state and uh he talked about that even if i sold this to an indie you know um to sell they're gonna spend double or more like he only spent 10 million to make the movie Mm -hmm. no actually less than that it was like four four million and uh and he's like you only spent that but they're gonna put like 15 maybe 20 million to promote this and then it's gonna come in it's gonna make maybe 10 tops at best and then at the end of the day people are out money and then they don't want to take another chance on you again so he went out took it out himself and he made all the he made the budget they're in profit already it hasn't even come out yet so like i think actually i wasn't even i i kind of knew some of that stuff but i never knew they spent that much money they spent mad money on that dude like me going to go see a free movie cost somebody money (laughs) <laughs> so um but yeah JJ like JJ can make a 50 million dollar movie how much money has he made then with Star Trek how much money did he make them on, on Mission Impossible with three, three? that was three yeah um how much money did Lost make how much money is Fringe yeah. making how much money is whatever else he's producing is making and Steven Spielberg behind it so he can push it be like yeah he only need to spend 50 cause I'm Steven Spielberg let that roll but everybody ain't gonna get that 50 you know you listen to a bunch of them podcasts and this salty director is like, I want to do this movie, but they want me to do this. And I'd rather do that. Yeah. Be I only want to spend this so much of money, but they want me to make this $200 million movie. Why do you think whatchamacallit dropped out of Wolverine? He didn't want to spend that money. You talking about yeah. Aronofsky? Or? Yeah, he didn't yeah. want to do that. He like making his small movies. This week's episode is also brought to you by Snowed In from Action Lab Entertainment, who advises you not to open up your doors this Halloween. Action Lab Entertainment brings you the frightening and chilled tale of Snowed In. A relaxing cabin vacation for four close friends takes a turn for the worse during a severe blizzard. A frantic stranger arrives to warn them that It is coming for them. It wants them dead. But what is It? It is It. 
And how far will these four individuals go to protect themselves? Snowden is a self-contained 40-page one-shot written by Sean Gavern with beautifully rendered and atmospheric artwork by Rick Lundin. Snowden is available for pre-order this month at Discount Comic Book Service, T-Fall, various online retailers, and your local comic book store with an order code of August 110749 with an October release. Pre-order your copy today, and additional information and release schedule can be found at ActionLabComics.com. Why do you think it is that they just put such a high budget on these movies? Is it they just want to make them sound important? Like, oh, we spent $300 million making this thing. Or is it nah, just... They get that money. Like, if you spend $2 million on Pirates of the Caribbean and you make a billion dollars, um, that's worth it. But if you spend 50 and that movie only make, like, $80 million, and mm-hmm. you spend extra $15 million on freaking promoting it, it might do well. It's not going to sell well on DVD because most people are just going to watch it on Netflix. Yeah. The fuck is that? Why am I spending this little bit of money when I can spend this 200 and make a billion? I can get toy money. I get Lego Pirates money. <laughs> it's you see, it's interesting because it's just basically because of the way the industry is working right now. It's it's really it's extremely bizarre. I really don't get I mean, I don't get it, but a lot of that is due to the fact that we are no longer, like I said last year, we're no longer in a state where a movie comes out and then four weeks, three or four weeks, it's on its own. Nobody's trying to go up against it. Nobody's trying to com- compete with it. And here comes the other studio saying, this is our hit. Get ready to go see it. Boom. There you go. It's running the show for a while. And then it's the, then it's the next cut. Those days are long gone. There's a new movie literally in theaters every single week. You know, the days of just being, oh, we'll, we'll get around to something. You know, that's all done. The days of January being the month of the year where studios joked with other studios and said, no, 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 uh, we're going to show you our bullshit movie. Yeah, here it is. Here, here, here it is right here. And uh, the other studios say, oh, no, 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 no. We can top that. Here's our bullshit movie. And hey, Daybreakers came out in January. It was That was art, man. Don't you start on Daybreakers. Don't you start. Don't you start. No, 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 no. Ethan Hawke's best lifeless performance. <laughs> but it's, it's just like the whole industry is in flux because it doesn't understand or is trying to understand the use of spending money, making money, sharing money, and how people view films as a whole. It's all changing. And so... And the industry's way of looking at it is like like Julian said, throw a bunch of money at it. Because if you throw a bunch of money at it, there's a good chance you make even more money. Now look, I'll be the first to tell you, I don't understand how well, I do understand how pirates pirates of the Caribbean movies still are made because they make a ton of money overseas. They do. They do. Yeah. Th- those films those films could tank in the United States, okay? Literally tank and they still make so much money overseas that disney's like yeah go ahead and light up a fifth and and a sixth because that's how much money these movies make it's i call i call it the troy rule like warner brothers made a movie years ago called troy with brad pitt let's not talk about the awesomeness that was troy and in the states but in the states though technically that was a flop but over america's a stupid but over (laughs) but but overseas overseas that movie made a lot of money so much that Warner it was rumored that Warner Brothers was contemplating making a sequel The Odyssey 
Honestly, I wanted to understand. <laughs> you don't understand. I was dreaming. I was like, they got Odysseus in it. I was so hyped. I was like, Odysseus is a sequel. They're going to do the Odyssey. They're going to have Cersei. People going to turn the pig somehow. I was going to be so hyped. And then, then, then people didn't go see the movie. And I was always on AMC or the History Channel. It's always on television. And it's awesome. And everybody said, oh, Troy was so awesome. I was like, why didn't you go see it then, you son of a bitch? <laughs> One of the interesting things I thought was in, it's in one of the articles you sent, I forget which one, but it said that that trend, though, of movies making, recouping overseas is, it seems to be kind of on the wayside because a lot of foreign countries are staying with like the homegrown material. Mm -hmm. It's starting to become a trend. I think that's really interesting. And that could, that could really spell some interesting uh, disaster, I think, for Hollywood. Yeah, it's got to be careful. You know, like I said before, it's all about balances. You got to balance it out because, like you said, there's going to be that time where it's just like, leave us alone. We got to do our thing for a while, come back later. And that's when you're probably going to see a shift in how movies are budgeted, a shift in how folks are getting paid, a shift in just everything. So, but right now, it's it's not happening. And in in a lot of, in standard Hollywood mode is, the motto is, Keep doing it and pay no attention to the future. When the future actually collapses on you, then go do something else. And yeah. it's it's sad, but that's just unfortunately that's how it is. Now I'm gonna flip to Joey on this one, and this still still has a lot to do. This is actually a double fold because it will roll into one thing and and then into something else. Um, I want committee movie making. <laughs> You mean Marvel Comics? No, no, no. I won't go into that. No, no, not that. Not, not that. This the is... architects. <laughs> a film perfect example, Green Lantern. You can look at Green Lantern and you can tell that that was a film that was made by a committee. And because of that, that film suffered horribly. Because you see what Jeff Johns was trying to do. You see what the director's trying to do. You see what the executives are trying to do. You see what like you know other Warner Brother brass are trying to do. You see what the marketers are trying to do. And what it leads to a film that, like San Francisco comic book fans, completely just don't enjoy. A lot of comic book fans don't enjoy. But like the general public is, eh, they're 50-50 on it. I have friends that don't read comics that said they enjoyed it. But like my comic book friends did not like it. So Damn, all mine did. I was the odd man out. But hey, I'm the, the film snob and I hate Jeff everything. John's smutty fingerprints all over it. Sounds surprising. I'm, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead, Joey. What were you saying? <laughs> Something no, I said I'm surprised like your comic fans wouldn't like it because it looks just like a Jeff Johns piece of crap. So I think that's why I'm not surprised. Ooh, burn. Heat. Johns is a suit right now. And you can see it when you read War of the Green Lanterns. <laughs> uh, we're not going there. We're not going to go there. How you going to against him? He seems like a perfectly nice guy, but I'm just saying that I don't, I don't like his stuff. But yeah, continue. How you going to put Jon Stewart in a purple breakdancing jumpsuit? Come on, John. Camouflage. 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 Like he had like he crossed colors. Like this is 1993. Yes. And he's on a whack television show. Yes. I'm like, how is how is this possible? You got him in Zubaz pants, about to go to an arena football league game. It looks awful, man. Hurts my heart. Anyway, but you see a film like that though, and you could tell it's committee, 
and it suffers in the long run. And it's suffering with its box office take, only $147 million worldwide when it costs 200 to make it, plus an additional $90 million for special effects, plus an additional, probably, I don't know, $100 million for, for marketing. Didn't they also throw like another $100 million for effects at like the last minute or yeah, something? Yeah, that was the, yeah, the, 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 that was the, the 90. You were, you were right. It probably was $100 million. So That's it's called bad art direction. Very- bad art direction will kill any film. Yeah. So like, but it is pretty incredible that the, uh, the influence those um, comic book porn movies have had even on the regular oh stuff because like that's clearly where they were taking the art direction from so it's like actually i don't think they did it justice personally but continue continue oh no i please i need you to elaborate on, on comic book porn yeah, i need i, I want i like, want to hear this superman triple x and batman triple x the batman triple x is quite good they oh did a fantastic God. job on that it's the other um it's the other company that does them that that doesn't that has these weird day glow colors and stuff and <laughs> oh i can't believe you've seen them <laughs> no joey one of joey's best quotes ever was he was reviewing the batman triple x and he was no, like, it wasn't the, it wasn't that one. oh yeah it was that yeah, it was, but you were like they got the joker wrong the joker's a force man he wouldn't fuck that way <laughs> He's a force. You can't see the Joker <laughs> fucking. That totally just destroys the character. It just totally, you know, it just, I was just like, oh my it takes God. away the mystique. You can't see him doing things like that. B, you know he does it. <laughs> you know he goes both ways because he's the Joker. Well, that's why like, I like that mystery, that question there almost. You know, There's no question. <laughs> he, he, he would probably do Batman if he had the chance to, but he still has freaking Harley Quinn. They would do anything for him and his hyenas. Because Joker would find it funny. He would do it just to freak someone out. Um, y'all done took this show to levels. <laughs> right. I, you know, I can't I comprehend. What was the question again, Sean? Uh, it's like, you didn't even finish the question, right? I, you know, I was talking about the problem. You know, how long will it take before the industry realizes that committee films are a bad idea for the, just for the for movies as a whole? Uh, until, they, until that stops working, I guess. When a movie isn't started by committee i clearly think that greenland was chosen by committee it's like what do we have we can't somehow we can't get wonder woman started um we're gonna try superman again because superman yeah well not that i just think that it's like oh we don't like what jeff johns wrote for wonder woman uh put her on the back burner we'll make her into a tv show oh superman kind of failed it made some money but nobody likes it we'll redo that later batman's eating uh uh Oh, the guys in the comic book division we actually pay attention to now really like Green Lantern. Let's do that guy. Nobody was asked for Green Lantern, and nobody was asked for a white Green Lantern either. Huh. I mean, is, is Green Lantern old. like in the most in recent years where you can clearly see that was a that's a company like really just trying to shove this character kind of down the like obviously they fooled enough comic reading people because it became no. Big. I think Iron Man was the same thing except yeah, like yeah, yeah I was actually gonna get to that. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr. is freaking Tony Stark. It's something I thought since I was a teenager. It's like, that dude's a drunk. Oh, my God, he's Tony Stark. And you know what? Someone else figured that out, and they put him in a freaking movie, and that's the reason that movie's so damn good. Not the direction, not any of the CG, not even the freaking movie where the last act fucking sucks. <laughs> it's the fact that Robert Downey Jr. is freaking awesome, and he's Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. That's why that movie sold. And sorry, freaking Ryan Reynolds ain't Hal Jordan. He could be a whole bunch of other characters, but he ain't Hal and Jordan. And has been. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. He was good in those other ones. Like, he, yeah, I actually liked him in the other ones. Well, yeah. not as, well, not what we got is Deadpool, but it's the other guy in the Blade movie. Yeah, he was, he was pretty decent. No, give you know, give me Wade Wilson the first like the opening opening uh, yeah, he's moments. Good for ten, the ten minutes, the ten minutes yeah. that he's not the the Baraka. Yeah, character. but then they, they they mess it up. See, that's the problem. You know, everybody knows they messed that up. They should just let him just put on the mask and talk to the camera. Oh, they talk about committee movies. There's a good committee movie for you. Oh, no. Speaking of masks, can we have one like film with a superhero where they constantly don't have to take their mask off? I know who this actor is, and I know you paid that actor X amount of millions of dollars to be in this gonna movie. That ain't going to happen, dude. It's ridiculous. I, it is, dude, like... It's like, like it's, it's actually, Green Hornet, though, uh, Seth Rogen left the mask thing on for most of the movie. Yeah. yeah. Batman wears his mask. Yeah, he's Batman. Batman. Wears his mask. Yeah, see, the, yeah, that's Christian Bale. He actually believes that he's Bruce Wayne. That's why he makes that <laughs> voice. Where it's like, I will make this movie and I will become Batman. I don't care. I, I think that mask. voice is awesome. I think everyone's got to stop hating on that. No, yeah, I'm not hating. It's him trying no, to. No, I know you're not. I know you're not. But everybody always brings that up. I'm like, well, what the fuck's he supposed to sound like? He's supposed to use his regular voice all the time? He saw the cartoon and he talked to Kevin Conroy, and that's the best he can do. Yeah. <laughs> see, no, I, I think he. Actually, I think I think to me actually, Christian Bale read the comics, and that's always how the voice is described in the comics to me. Well, I, I, what I remember him actually talking about, he did like see the cartoon, and he does know that Kevin Conroy changes his voice when he's Batman. Like, you know, you watch the cartoon, Bruce Wayne voice, kind of like, oh, you know, hey, I'm cool. But then you know, Kevin Conroy put the bass in, and he's Batman, so he tried to put the bass in, but he put too much gruff in the bass. It's like he, it's all right for me because I find it like kind of crazy it's crazy because batman's insane that's why it works for me he's doing this fake gruff voice like oh uh, but when he's well, talking to me to it was Lucy always Fox. like a clint eastwood impression like that's always why i assumed <laughs> batman kind of sounded like so to me i thought it was perfect but i don't get why he talks to lucius fox that way because like, it's the really, psychology it's because he's in still in the character of batman yeah but come on come god knows who you is yo just fall back. <laughs> <laughs> he's not fucking shit to do, man. He's still Batman. He can't. He can't possibly get out of that. The only time he breaks character is when he um talks to Rachel. To Alfred. Yeah, well, well, he talks to Alfred in his regular voice because I guess Michael Caine ain't having it. No, <laughs> talk to me with your regular. <laughs> Michael Caine, Michael Caine will hit him with a serving plate. They need to put a scene in there like that where he starts. He's just like stop it, and then there's like this silence. That he just goes ridiculous, please. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I love this fucking movie. All right, continue. Continue. No, no, no. no I enjoy. I look. I enjoy him too. I, well, actually, I, I this do is too. this would actually get to my point though, because okay. you're kind of going to the committee thing. Like Green Lantern is a great example, but like I actually think I don't know. Everybody seems to love them, but I actually think the Marvel Studio ones are even a worse example of. They're all committee because somehow, except for Cap. Somehow, Cap almost is like the one well, that almost kind of was. Cap made it through. I didn't see it, but all I know is this: they're building up to a movie to come out next year where you're supposed to see five of the movies to get what the fuck is going on in one movie. <laughs> and everybody thinks this is a great idea, but me. I'm like, yo. <laughs> no, I'm with you, man. I've been saying Iron Man movies? Though. No, no. It's cool right now. Well, we'll see how it works when you're supposed to figure. You're supposed to put together like, wait, why is Thor in this movie? Um, what the who is that? Who's the Hulk? Like, I don't remember him in the Hulk movie. He was in the kids all right. It was a Hulk. Movie? <laughs> like, what's Oscar Johansson is this? Where's the dude from the freaking the cool ass army bomb dude movie? Why is he in this? Why is he a bow and arrow? It's 2012. Why doesn't he have a sniper rifle? What's going on? Samuel Jackson 
right. Now, I will I say, <laughs> I will say, I hate to cut you off, but I will say, finally, we get a Marvel movie where Sam will have a, a, a prominent role. Is for it, now. For, for now. I know. I know. For now. For, for now. <laughs> for, for now. But, they, but also, it's been said that he does have in his contract a Nick Fury agent of, agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. film. He's nine movies in yeah. that contract. He's made with... That was like after Iron Man. Oh, so dude, he, it, like, it, it's longer than nine films, dog. It's, see, it's like 16. That's too much. Because they're going to try to make a freaking Black Widow movie knowing that Scarlett Johansson can't do action. These motherfuckers are going to try to do that shit. Yeah, and, and, that, and, that, and, that's, and, and that is an issue for me because don't get me wrong. Like I said, I enjoy Cap thoroughly. I had a lot of fun. Joe yeah. Johnston did a great job with that movie. It's, Damn, see this it's, Joss, Whedon, Joss Whedon did a great job rewriting all that dialogue, too. Oh, he's, he's responsible for that. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's Joss, I was like, I was like why is the dialogue so good in this movie? Because like yeah, all oh. the other, it's terrible in like all the other uh, Marvel movies, except well, maybe... So Tony Stark's lines and stuff. In yeah, Iron it's Man. because Robert Downey Jr. flips them joints. Yeah, he probably re, he probably redoes them on the fly. <laughs> now, well, the first Iron Man he did actually because yeah. they were just like uh, on the spot, just like coming up with the dialogue. I think. And with Cap, it was like this combination of pulp. It was a you know pulp, you know, like old school pulp movies. Great action. Solid Plus, they used the symbol. They used the whole sim- symbology well. Too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's really like it was just nice to see. Like I don't want to praise a movie for actually being about something because I think. Every movie should just have that goal in mind, but it was actually about something. Which also had themes. Oh yeah, yeah, it has themes, which was surprising (laughs) for one of the Marvel movies. Yeah, because like the biggest problem, the biggest problem, and it actually kind of ended too. It wasn't actually just yeah, it actually there's a clear ending point. It's not like all the other ones were like, come see another movie four years from now to get the conclusion. It kind of is, but even that, I thought they did it the best way they could though. Yeah, it still it still works for an ending. Yeah, I still like Thor. Thor, Thor almost fooled me. I almost thought Thor was a good movie, and then like, Yo, I, I like think it was Thor. just the actors that I like. Like the guy who plays Loki is fantastic, Yo, uh, Tom Hiddleston. And I think he was just so good that I kind of just forgot. Like the movie is not really that good. It is pretty good. It's a Thor. It's like, what do you expect it, out of, of the Thor? of the other Marvel stuff? I think it's probably the better after Cap. I think it's like the better one, probably. But I think I Brian, know. I did a good job. You could take your kids to that movie if you have kids. Yeah, I don't. I need a horse anyway but anyway the one big problem I have with like a lot of the Marvel movies is that if there's a crutch if there's a crutch in a lot of these films, it's the whole thing with S.H.I.E.L.D. You know, I don't mind them showing up every now and then. That's fine. But like with Iron Man 2, as much as I enjoy Iron Man 2, I do like it. I will watch it again. It's just they bring in S.H.I.E.L.D. It's like putting this in because we got to, you know, let you know that the Avengers are coming. And not only that, but we're also using it as a way to get us from Tony's problem with, um, you know, with his health to becoming this new version of Iron Man. So, you know, and also Tony dealing with himself and his drinking problem. So we're going to use S.H.I.E.L.D. as that bridge it's solved because shield is forcing tony to solve his solve his problem and there you go it that has been like my, my biggest issue with like the marvel movies don't get me wrong give me a little bit of shield every now and then it's fine give me a, a nick fury a nick fury appearance every now and then it's fine or give him his own movie which will probably be the lowest budget out of all the marvel movies <laughs> mark my words so it people will, will go see that joint it, it will. samuel jackson be, shooting I, I need sam yelling at least three times in this movie when 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 the nick fury movie comes out he has to yell three times i must have it 
But anyway. I'm tired of these snakes on his motherfucking helicarrier. <laughs> I need to hear that at least once. Like, it's a standard. What does Steve Rogers look like? You know, just something like this. Just give me one time. I'm not asking for much. I'm not. But anyway. Get my wallet that says Asian of Shield on it. There you go. <laughs> there you go. But no, it's that was that has been my problem with the Marvel movies itself. Cap, remedy you know, remedy remedy that to a strong. Actually, point. I'll give Thor some props and like I actually thought Thor handled it nicely as well. Okay. Uh, Agent Coulson. Son yeah. of Coulson. With your assistant. <laughs> on your side like, that's right son of Colson is my dude all he yeah. wears is a suit <laughs> see I, and I like that dude see once again it's like don't get me wrong it's not that I don't like those characters it's just that they shouldn't always have to be the reason to help move the story along you know and like Cap didn't, I didn't have to worry about that when I watched Cap and that's what you know that was one of those shining things that made Cap great plus it had Puff Daddy in it take that take that <laughs> take, take that. that you know Derek Luke was do in you think, do, you, do you give any credence to the rumor that like that's supposed to be um, Nick Fury's father because you know, I love the fact that like uh, whatever, like Diddy birth, you know, Nick uh, Fury. That's kind of cool. You mean you yeah. mean you mean like the like the cartoon? Yeah, like like the how they, how like they set the, up the cartoon. Um, yeah, Avengers Earth, Somebody's Heroes cartoon. Yeah. Jack Fury. Jack, Jack Fury. Fury. Yeah, yeah I, I would be down with that if Puffy birthed a Samuel Jackson's Nick Fury. I'd be happy with that. I'd be cool with that. Here's a little editor's note for you. When we're talking about Puffy, we mean actor Derek Luke, who portrayed Sean Puff Daddy Combs, Sean P. Daddy Combs, in the film Notorious, the, bi- the biopic of the Notorious B.I.G. In Captain America, the first Avenger, he portrayed the character Gabe Jones, who has been, quote unquote, rumored to have been the father of one Nick Fury. So now you know, because I'm sure some of you scratch your head like Puffy. Puff Daddy wasn't in this movie. He wasn't in Captain America. Now you understand for those that didn't know. Now back to our program. And you had um, Neil, is it Neil McDonough or Neil McDonough as Dum Dum Dugan? The hat and everything, it worked. Yo, is Baron Zemo in the movie? No, no, you don't get uh, no Zemo. Damn. But but I'm telling you, that hood. But Hugo Weaving was solid as Red Skull. It just, Actually, I thought that was he was he was good, but I thought the villain was like the weakest part of that movie. I don't know. I like the Red Skull. I thought they pulled, I thought they used him. I thought he did what he needed to do in that movie. Well, but I think the issue comes, and I can and I can understand where you're coming from, Joey, on the concept of you have uh, you have a concept villain with the Red Skull who also has two additional concepts to sell as a villain the cos the cosmic cube and all that weaponry so you really have three things that are in the and well, four things and hydra so you have like all four of these things that are like you know hitting this intersection at once so i mean uh, your average movie you know movie viewer knows who the villain is they know it's the red skull but when you have all these other things over top of it it does have a tendency to lessen the power of the red skull See, i, don't, I thought that brought a lot out in the red skull because like you know, Cap is sort of the guy taking down the bully, like the world's bully, who is the Red Skull. Mm-hmm. And just having all that weaponry kind of just supports that idea that he's the big bad bully on the playground. It helps him be the bad guy. Okay. All right. I know, that's what I kind of took from it. I know. I just thought like they held back a bit. Like he didn't seem evil enough to me. But, but, but whatever. It's not, it's not a Cap review. Right. But. <laughs> no, 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 no. But, it, but it's really not even seen it yet. yet. So I don't want to like, keep trying to like, bring it yeah. up. Oh, no. It's cool. It's cool. You can spoil it. I don't care. It's Captain America. What can you spoil? <laughs> been around like frozen. 70 years like oh he gets he gets frozen Bucky f- gets blown up or uh, falls in some water something <laughs> 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 just nailed two big points in the movie and oh uh, the Cosmic Cube I know the Cosmic Cube in it cause it was in freaking Thor 
<laughs> like you spoiled the movie in your last movie that came out two months ago. <laughs> you can talk about Robot Heaven. No, we we don't. I, I I will give you a moment. I'll give you a moment to talk about Robot Heaven. I, I will give you that. I'm going. I'm going to give you the floor momentarily, but I got to get through this next subject real quick. Oh, go ahead, do that. Do that. It has to do with. <laughs> it has to do with the quote unquote uh, movie stars or lack thereof. If you uh, read Bill Simmons' article, oh, that dude's a hater. Yeah, he is kind of a hater. If you hate on Will Smith, the most bankable dude, you's a hater. Like, how you hating on all his movies, son? Like, you hating on all of them? Yeah, like, the premise of the article is is that they're... I had to say, though, I do think... That's, like, the best article I read this year, I think, actually. Um, that, that Actually, second best. Uh, Freddie Stanellis' post-Empire article is the best one, but that's the second best. The thing is, is that with this article, it talks about the perception of what... A, you know, of there, that there is no movie star... There are no longer movie stars in Hollywood. And he, he brings up two examples. He talks about Ryan Reynolds and he talks about Will Smith. And he talks about, he, he says, look at Ryan Reynolds' track record before the proposal, um, you know, a film that he did with uh, Sandra Bullock, which made a lot of money. Um, you know, before that, yes, he had things like Van Wilder and, you know, minor roles in things like Wolverine, Blade 3. He's been here, there, and everywhere, but he's never had a film on his own that he's carried that says, hey, I'm a superstar, look at me. And then he gets Green Lantern, and then Green Lantern doesn't do what it's supposed to do. But like we said before, we talked about committee films, and we talked about how pretty much Warner Brothers shoved this in your face, and it just didn't work. And then in the article, it also mentions that he feels that Will Smith isn't a star because his quote-unquote people choose... Um, Cho- you know, chooses films for him. Uh, he, he says he is a star, but yeah, says it's like he's, you know he's not. Well, Bill he's Simmons a star, but it's that. sad the reasons why he is basically. Yeah, yeah. but see, and that's where I had that's that just hating on someone eating. That's all he's doing. That that's where I come in disagreement with with Bill Simmons because the whole thing is is that the perception of what a movie star is from like the seventies, eighties, nineties, and in the aughts, it's a whole different ball game because the industry changed. The industry stopped making as many challenging films as as it used to so like what will will's like okay look i'm gonna take this film i'll make 200 300 million dollars boom there you go but he's not gonna do uh, uh django or the django unchained but he's not gonna do that he's, nah man hey, dude come on i don't i even i don't know about that like you gonna make a slave picture quentin tarantino mr i try too hard to be cool to black people and using the n-word sometimes line steppingly I don't know. It, but if he, if it, it, if it gives him if it gives Tarantino the opening to kill to kill Nazis, you know Tarantino's going to do it and then try to make He's the killing, hero justify. Yeah. We'll we'll see. We'll but see. but it's not. I'm gonna, glad he took it back from it. I'm kind of like I don't know about Will Smith in that. Yeah. No. No. And I, I, I think that would have been probably want to see him do that. He doesn't do anything dangerous. The most. And when he does, like he like that's that's actually what that article really opened up because I really I do I like Will Smith as an actor a lot. I think he's actually really good. But I kind of sit back and think I'm like, well, what has he been in that's actually good? Because it's like in the last ten years, it's like I Ali I was, good. was really good. Yeah, Ali, until, Ali was until good. He put his like spin on it at the end and ruined the whole movie. But he was doing some of the best acting of his career the first hour and then the movie's just destroyed Hancock really interesting idea he's doing a great job for the first hour then his people come in it's a shitty movie by the end I don't even like, blame him. Like that's other. No, I know. Like, I remember when he did yeah, iRobot. Yeah. That was like the, one of the first uh, from this. Yeah, like, that was I used kind to be of a huge, like, yeah. huge Alex Proyas fan, and I remember that 
because he did Dark City and The Crow and, um, you know, in the uh, garage days, a lot of interesting stuff. And then I remember he, that was like his dream was to make like an Isaac Asimov, uh, you know, iRobot movie. And he was, his heart set on getting Will Smith. And like he said, like that movie, making that movie like killed his enthusiasm for filmmaking. Like, well, the guy, this is the guy that was on a set where one of his lead actor got shot and died. And it was working with Will Smith on iRobot is what killed his enthusiasm for making movies. Like and there, there's there's so let's actually go read a whole bunch of articles about how much that movie went through all the stuff you're talking about committees and stuff like that where they had a really solid script and idea and it just like as it went through which is like that and coupled with Fox obviously as well kind of just tore that movie apart and that kind of killed his career but didn't hurt didn't hurt Will Smith at all because you know he's fine in the movie but if you look at all his stuff it's like every one you could see like there's always like this job except obviously when he does like one or two like he does um uh, what was that like Pursuit of Happiness which I mentioned or earlier. set or Seven Pounds. I didn't think that was a very good movie, though. But it's I terrible. guess it's but, um, it was okay. Yeah, yeah. I see what but he was like, trying to do, but yeah, I just yeah. don't think it worked. But um, but like, look at all the stuff, and it's like I think it's just a shame because I do think he's actually a really good actor, and he doesn't. I don't know. I, I wish he would take a chance. Like, isn't he secure enough now to like take a chance and do something? Well, you got to understand, he did take a chance many years ago with a film that I wish he wouldn't have made, The Legend of Bagger Vance, because people told him this is the way for you to get an Oscar. The Magic Negro movie. Yeah, and I, w- I wish he wouldn't have made that. Oh, God, that was awful. Was that, like, right before he became, like, Will Smith, though? No, no, no. He, he was, was he Will Smith. He no. was already Will Smith. Yeah, around that, he was Will Smith. People knew Is it who he Post was. Men in Black? Or ID, ID? Yeah, it's way post. It's like 2000 or something. Oh, I think you're right. I think it was 99, I think, yeah. is actually. You seem to forget he was a television star and a Grammy Award winning music artist it, it, before he even became a. Like, he wasn't, yeah. like, an unknown. Property that he never he was come out of nowhere. before his first movie. Yeah, yeah, he was freaking. He was Fresh he was Prince. Fresh Prince. Yeah. His own freaking TV show. You, best theme you song. Yeah, you say that everybody starts rapping the whole thing. Everybody knows mm-hmm. goddamn say it's freaking Fresh Prince. Well, well, okay. Now, now with Bagger Vance, that was that came out November third of two thousand. So, uh, so yeah, that was way yeah, way after. But like, but that was yeah, a shitty chance. That was a shitty yeah, chance. I don't, like you don't think chance. you don't think Ali was some sort of chance? Well, I Granted, like Ali, like but that's like grab, what, but like one of Michael Mann's like weaker films. It's still probably one of the it's better. It's still good, but I mean, it's still like a three-hour movie about. Yeah, I guess I'll give you that one. But it's a biopic. Biopics, biopics yeah, are a chance kind of thing to me. I don't yeah. know. Whatever, it's Ali. But, but <laughs> yeah, see, but the, thing, but the thing is, is that Ali does not get made unless unless like uh, he unless he does Men in Black too. You know, Michael Mann was down to do it. Will Smith was down to do it, and he had X amount of dollars. And you know they couldn't get it done. Someone was like, "Well, look, we'll, we'll we'll pop in some extra cash, but you gotta do Men in Black too." So Will Smith wants to play Ali, so it's like, well, you know, it's that give and take. And but one, well, once again, the industry itself has changed. It doesn't push movie stars; it pushes properties. Mm-hmm. So, so I can't. I, to me, Will Smith is still a star, but yeah. this is an industry that pushes properties. So now that the industry pushes properties, what do you expect? You know yeah. what I mean? So that's why, like, I understand, and I understand what Bill Simmons is trying to get ac- get across, but a dozen points come off like like a hater. I understand the whole Ryan Reynolds side because you look around Ryan Reynolds' track record, and it's just like, technically, you can say he's not a superstar. He's well known. Yeah. I, now, yeah. I, look, I, I'm a big Ryan Reynolds fan. I'll be the first to tell you, but you look at the track record, and it's just like, ooh. But um, but at the I, didn't, I didn't take the article as hating necessarily as more of just kind of pointing out like that we're in some sort of different era of movies. Yeah, I didn't either. I thought it was more. Yeah, just, I thought it was more of just. I thought it was actually. I thought it was doing are. what you said. Like I thought it, it, it's pointing out how the industry 
is still at one point, at some points, trying to still push movie stars, mm-hmm. but it almost has to like pull the wool over our eyes to kind of forget that they actually aren't. It's like it just says these people are stars because people somewhat know who they are, and then they're just a star, but they actually don't have the power to open any movies. Well, yeah, and they yeah. say like Will Smith is the only guy who can do that, but almost like yeah. the way he got to where he was was a very calculated move. And the fact that there's only one guy that can do that. We're in a different kind of era. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'll say this right now: If you'd have made a John Stewart Green Lantern movie and had Will Smith play, had Will Smith play uh, billion, dollars. Yep. billion dollars, billion dollars, billion yeah. dollars, because Warner Brothers would have went to Will Smith and been like, um, "We're sorry for a Wild Wild West." Here you go. <laughs> yeah, I guess he did take a chance. Yeah, it's the, <laughs> <laughs> the giant spider movie. Yeah. Yo, yo, uh, th- that movie was doomed was- from the jump. Wild Wild West was doomed from the jump. When you look at the opening credits and you see at least seven screenwriters, doomed. I remember being credited <laughs> screenwriters, man. That's not. That's not even the. Uh, that's just what the WGA felt was was enough to credit. That's finally. Hey, like, you got that. You got that song from that movie. Oh, with, with, with <laughs> Drew right. with Drew Hill and Kumo D. <laughs> Hey, hey, yeah, yeah, Don't don't front on that, because when that when that um when that beat hit, folks lost their fucking minds. When but, they used that 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 sample, I was, I was giving them um, Stevie sample. Yeah, that was like ooh ooh. See, Will Smith can make hits. Some people forget he he platinum artists. You see, but you must and we must also understand. You know, Will Smith is a dude that like gets hated on by like a lot of people, especially black people. So, like, even from the hip-hop perspective, like, radio won't even play Will Smith anymore. If Will Smith dropped a new album right now with a club banger, black radio would not play him. Oh, no. He's not hot in the streets. No. No, no, no. Like, you know, so, like, it's jacked up. It's like, yes, the industry itself has changed, even though Will Smith is still a superstar. But, yeah, at the same time, like, on on the hip-hop side, yes, hip-hop has changed. Music has changed. Black radio hasn't really touched him since summertime. You know, that's a good song though. Yeah, summertime is still hot. I don't care what nobody say. <laughs> classic, <laughs> you classic. Know, you play it at, at, at any barbecue. You play it while you're driving down the street. Anytime that song comes on, please do not tell me you do not turn up your radio and your day suddenly gets better. You could have the shittiest day ever. <laughs> summertime, come on, everything's okay. I don't feel like slapping nobody in the face. I'm not angry no more. <laughs> it's a great song. I I really wanted to bring that article up because the whole perception of of what success means in Hollywood it's a whole different ball game now, you know. But this is what happens when we con- when when properties are constantly pushed ahead of ahead of movie stars. But it's a whole different generation of of how things are sold. It's how how movies are sold are completely different to twenty, thirty, forty years ago. You know, you could just put a name in front of a movie back then and be cool. Come on, man. Well, it's almost—it's almost like the trailer is more important than the actual movie nowadays. That's the vibe I always get. Like, if the yeah, trailer so gets really movie. good reception, yeah, yeah. It's just—it's like there's so much more attention and thought put to the trailer than there is the movie anymore by both the studios and the audiences i think and and i try not to have beef with these trailers especially a lot of these trailers that sell too much and i'm like you know like if i can literally tell- i know they can't all be the never say never trailer i know like they're never real they're rarely that good don't don't, don't, don't. <laughs> you don't pulled out the bieber that's that- a great trailer though i don't care like you know objectively they did a great job. They did a great job on that trailer. I don't know if the movie yeah. is any good. It probably isn't, but... I'll see it when it's on cable. <laughs> I'll watch it. I got no hate toward the Beebs. Yeah. Neither do I. No, I don't, I don't do get it. it. He got a song with freaking Kanye and Raekwon the Chef. Whatever. Yeah. Ursha make his money. That's right, Ursha. You you get paid, son. Yeah. You get back for, for Justin Timberlake taking your style 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> you get it back. <laughs> 
Uh, hey, when, when Bieber drops his Justified, everyone's going to be really sorry they were hating on him for so long. Dude, he's on BT all the time. He's on 106 of Park. He was on the BT Awards. He's already, he already got his black card. He's the next Justin Timberlake. Yep. He's Justin Timberlake 2.0. Yeah, yeah. That's why his name is Justin. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to fold right over to that. Hey, hey, hey. hey, Julian preaching truth. I remember like the day it all the game just changed. I turn on 16 and Park, and NSYNC is on 106 and Park playing pop, and they had that song Pop. Mm-hmm. And like then they busted out an acapella version of I Thought She Knew and like black folks lost their damn minds because he was like, damn, these boys can harmonize. And the game changed because Just let's him like had on cornrows. He had cornrows in his head when he was on 106 Park. You know. He had cornrows in his head because you know. he was going to a black station. <laughs> <laughs> He's from the South. He know how it is. Yeah. See, let's be real. Let's be real. The game changed then because like even the industry was like. No more Negro R and B groups. It's either got to be white dudes or like a mixture of like or like an interracial type group. Because like <laughs> BET wouldn't even play black R and B groups no more after that. It like stopped. It was like you mm-hmm. either got to be individuals or you got to be like, you know, a female artist, a female group. They still let some female groups pass until Destiny's Child shut down the game. It was like everybody had to leave. What was Puff what was Puffy's one? Dream? Uh Puffy had Dream, but they got shut they got shut down after one album because one girl Dream. quit. Mm-hmm. And like then, like everything else fell apart, and he needed a new show. Remember, I think yeah. I think he oh, broke yeah. them up on purpose because he needed a new show, right? Because yeah. like he went through a bunch of groups when they was all on TV, and they it was like five seasons play. of that show. It's more. It's like eight. Yeah, oh, yeah. Because like you guys, I mean, they were doing double seasons, right? Yeah, you got because you had Dream, Danny Kane. Was it Day Twenty Six? Day Twenty, Day Twenty, yeah, Day Twenty Six, yeah. and the sing the one dude. That one, it was just one dude. I don't know, but he was with the same season as Dandy Kane at Day Twenty Six, and there was just one other guy. I don't know if it's he had one single. Mm. He had one single. Don't matter. He was on. A, she was on the show for like three seasons. Puffy made money. <laughs> Puffy say eating, and it, to get it back on track. The movies. See, Justin Timberlake is becoming a movie star. When was the last time he had an album? It's like four years ago. See, Justin Bieber moving right into that spot. And when he turned about 18, 19, he's going to come with that hard-hitting R&B album. And then the same thing going to happen. They're going to make a new Justin. be Justin 3.0. Justin Bieber going to make a movie star. And he's going he's to be Justin Timberlake second. will be the Will Smith. Then of that, Justin Timberlake, yes. Yes, he will. He'll be a serious actor. He'll have one Oscar by a supporting actor. And he'll be he'll be completely serious, but he'll be funny like Alec Baldwin. He'll come on do Saturday Night Live and kill it. And Justin Bieber will be an action star and a pop singer. <laughs> and there'll be a hey, he already was up. in that uh, CSI episode, man. He got shot. You see, you see, <laughs> see they don't understand. See, I see their plans. <laughs> see, I'm not rich, but I see everything they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. We need to manufacture Alec as the next like Bieber. You're gonna have to really work hard. <laughs> no, but do you like that Simpsons episode with the auto tune? Auto tune before there was the real auto tune. Actually, commented on that years before it actually became uh, such a popularized thing. You mean, you, mean, uh, you mean talk box? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, man. People forget Roger Troutman was doing that in the seventies, <laughs> and freaking um, my man from Guy Teddy Riley brought it back. Mm-hmm. Oh wait a minute! I know what you're talking about. You're talking about the episode of the Simpsons where NSYNC showed up. And like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the Navy, I can't remember the name of the group. And, right and now. the Navy had the Navy oh, had party Bart, posse, party yeah. posse. Yeah, they had Bart and Millhouse and all of them was like this group, and like they had like this enhanced singing box that made them all sound good. And every time NSYNC showed up, they would play like some down, music. Down, 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 and like, down, 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 down. <laughs> that was what it was. There you go. And, and, and every and, and, they, and with the Matrix, and like they all jumped in the air. That was great. Oh yeah, they all had <laughs> the same. Jellyfish will sting you old school. That was like what I would always say. 
No, man. Oh, that, that's I got to go watch that like right after this. <laughs> I think the audience is different now too. Yeah. I think it just goes back to that idea that there's so much content being put out and so much of the same stuff that I don't know, the audiences have kind of been divided. Like it's not just one mass general audience that go see that goes to see that one movie. Right. You know, there's fifteen different movies and the mass general audience is cut up into fifteen different audiences. It has to be a pretty big movie to get a lot of people from different yeah, it's got to it's got to be a pretty big movie to get people to leave the house because, yeah. yo, you got HD in the crib. Netflix costs eight dollars. You know, Hulu yeah. costs eight dollars. You know, you can rent some on HD real quick. You got PS threes and you got Redbox. You got PS three. You got three sixty. You got on demand. Yo, why why do I got to leave the house? Well, yeah. people hate on three D, but real talk, if I had to pay for a movie, I ain't leaving my house unless it's three D. It has to be something dope. Well, here's my whole thing. I don't, you know, with 3D, and I, and I say this once, I'll say it again. I don't mind it if there's a purpose for it. I'm like, don't give me fake-ass conversion films. Yeah. That, that's, that's where the beef comes in. Don't give me fake-ass conversion films. Tron Legacy in 3D, I understood. because Underrated masterpiece. Thank you. Thank you. You, you know Daryl hates Tron Legacy, right? Daryl hates everything, though, for like no reason. No, no, he doesn't hate everything. He hates everything of quality. <laughs> <laughs> With like five exceptions. Like There's like a couple things that he'll like that everybody else will like. But, uh... Like what? And I'll say it's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> and I bet you, you look at the critical reviews, Peter Travis and Roller Stone be like, yo, that shit is garbage. Oh, shit, you really was right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, A.O. Scott said that shit was garbage. Oh shit, Julian was right again. <laughs> oh, but um, but no, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to pause for a second because I know Julian has been waiting, waiting, waiting to talk about this, and actually, it, it will lead into my next topic. Um, you should just preamble it with the toys. I know you're going to bring up the toys. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm pre, I'm, I'm bringing it to the toys. But I know how much Julian enjoyed Transformers Three, and and like. They were amongst, like, my wife and I went to go see Transformers 3. She wanted to go. I said, okay, I got a perfect excuse to go. And so I go, and I know what to expect when I walk into it. Heavy on the casting. and they were, Malkovich. I'm still wondering, Malkovich. I'm still wondering what the hell Malkovich was doing there. Because there's a period where I understood what he was there, where, why he was there. And I'm like, y'all know y'all really don't need him, right? You know, I knew what to expect when I walked into it. I'll say this once, and I'll say it again. After this, Julian, I will let you have it. When, in the beginning of the film, they're in Russia... And Optimus Prime shows up with the trailer attached to him. And Shockwave comes out of nowhere. The trailer pops open like the toy did back in like 1985. My inner 10-year-old went fucking berserk. Okay? Besides that, I'm, I'm like, it's all right. I know what to expect. All right? I know what to expect. And I am salty that the humans have to help the Autobots, you know, beat the Decepticons by understanding Still doesn't make That's any sense. That's G.I. Joe. That's G.I. Joe. I know that. You leave G.I. Joe alone. You leave G.I. Joe alone. <laughs> G.I. Joe has to help the Transformers. They own by the same company. I know, I know, I know. But but still, but still, I still, still that first Transformers movie. That still makes no sense to me. They they go on and on about how they need the Transformers to come to save the day. Yet it's that's Tyrese Stalker. That Tyrese the Stalker, son. Tyrese Stalker and <laughs> Dermel is Duke. You, they, 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 of course, they can fight robots. Do you know how many times they fight Cobra, son? <laughs> <laughs> This is why, this is why, Julian, I'm going to let you have the floor right now. Go ahead. It's all you, baby. <laughs> yeah. 
Yo, that scene you just talked about, I think I, I think I screamed a little bit in the theater. Like that little girly type of scream, that scream that you do if you go to church and you get the Holy Ghost. <laughs> like when I saw that trailer flip out and transform and then Optimus Prime reached inside and grabbed shit, I was like, all they need now have Willie roll out is just start shooting off. I didn't get that, but I was good because there was a gigantic freaking... What was that movie Tremors or whatever? Yeah. It was a robot version of them motherfuckers. And and Shockwave was standing up with the one eye with the get arm and yo, I'm for Clemp right now. And then Laserbeak came out and like how can you like it was robot heaven. How are you not even gonna promote you got Spock in your movie because they know everybody who's seen the original movie would freak out because they know that Spock is bad. If you're going to have Spock in a Transformers movie, he's going to fuck up everybody because he's Galvatron. And they had Galvatron in the movie. They didn't call him Galvatron. But that shit was so off. He killed people. Oh, that shit was so dope. Oh, uh, The cars, they had a Ferrari in it. And he sketched on the road. And they had black Predator trucks. It was like black <laughs> cars. And... And they had dreadlocks and they swept around and one of them looked like the Predator, but it was a Transformer. Like, how can anybody see a Predator Transformer and call that movie garbage? You might not be a man. I might not even respect your manhood no more. Like it was oh. And then you got you got they had Roadblock, they had a ginormous black dude with a big gun that said funny stuff and he probably cooked it. We just don't know. But he was fighting and he was shooting people. Oh my god! I had Carly in it. Like it was like everything you might want from a Transformers movie. Like, hey, you remember that one random chick from the cartoon? They had Car- it, there. She is. They call her Scarly. And it, uh, it, like, I can't even truly vocalize how great that movie was. And it was in 3D. And somehow, I think Michael Bay jumped out of an airplane to follow them guys down <laughs> through the buildings in 3D with the scroll suits on, and they was getting shot at. And why, and why does the Decepticons have ships to shoot out of? When you think they could turn into ships? Yeah. When you start using logic, it'd be like, oh, that's stupid. But it's like, no, this is awesome because that means they got their own... They, they, they could transform into ships, but they still get inside the ships and fly them around and shoot people. It makes no sense. But it looks awesome in 3D. And he has an axe. He had a He-Man axe. Optimus Prime had a He-Man axe in the movie. It's like mixing up two genres. It was because it, it looked just like He-Man's axe, but it was like, oh, it's big and metal. Wow, and he kills. They kill people in the movie. They, it's awesome. And McDreamy is a bad guy. <laughs> I don't know where McDreamy pops in the movie and talks about he's a douchebag and he beats up Sheila Buff worse than Michael Douglas did in freaking Wall Street Two. It's awesome. You know what? Obama's bailout didn't help the United States car industry. Transformers saved General Motors. <laughs> you think I'm bugging? But in the D.C. area, I see at least one new Corvette or Camaro on the road every week. Hmm. So, you know what? You know why the people bought those cars? Because they saw Bumblebee and Silver Street driving around, shooting freaking missiles, and cutting other robots in half because they look cool on screen. That's the best commercial for the car you can ever have. That's why Ferrari was like, yo, make one of our cars a goddamn Transformer. We're trying to get paid. That's why they ain't selling no toys. The adults ain't got no money to buy toys. They buying cars. <laughs> Why you, how you gonna afford a twenty thirty dollar toy when you just bought a thirty thousand dollar car? Now you can't afford that. Them car payments is high. Yeah, they are high. But now, now that that brings that brings about a certain. See, point. that was a segue. That, that was, was a- and that was beautiful too. First off, 
you know, you ran with that for like about I want to say about four minutes, and um, you know, they should have just had you do the trailer for the movie. Just like I might have actually went to see it. it Dude, oh, when I saw that thing on Super Bowl, I jumped out of my friend's couch and screamed around like a like a crazy person. <laughs> and, I, and I told him, "You gotta rewind that for me. Yeah. I have to see it because when Optimus Prime flies down and he spins around and cuts things in half, mm-hmm. I lose it. Yeah, I lose it. Yeah. He has a air. Sh- he has a jet plaque with wings. He becomes Robotech. Yes, and they have." British Transformers with Cockney accents called called the Wreckers. The Wreckers. <laughs> and then what and what's their job? They wreck shit and yeah. fix stuff. Yes. Did they bring back the racial stereotype? No. In the second oh, one? No, no, no. You know no. what? I didn't even have a problem with them. They could have brought them back. I don't care. People act like they ain't even seen black people like that in the street. I see them every week. They're on the corner drinking too much. I don't care if they got Transformers like that. I'd be hating on that. Oh, they can't read. No, you big dummy. You ain't watched the movie. No one can read H. Sabatoni except for the freaking old freaking airplane Transformer. That's a whole fucking thing. I just probably couldn't read that shit neither. <laughs> hate that part. We bring that part up. No one can. No one be can't talk. No one makes fun of that. Why the fuck he can't talk? They gave him his voice back at the end of the first movie. Mm. Was he just stupid? Nah, but he looks cool because he's a Camaro. Uh, mm. <laughs> Before I get to my part about toys and, and, and relate, how do they relate to film? I will say this: there was an like NPR broadcast podcast where I forget the gentleman's name, but he had mentioned that. You know, we've come to a point now where people constantly think they have to justify the importance of something uh, for why they enjoyed it. And like a film like Transformers 3, I enjoyed it for what it is. And it's that, I, you know, there are just some things that I should just be allowed to enjoy just for the simple fact that I enjoyed them. You, you know what I mean? I know it's not the greatest film in the world. Come on now. I, you know, I'm a grown ass man. But there are things about it that I do like and enjoy. And it brings out that it brings out that inner child, that inner spirit. I get to the scene where the Autobots finally show back up after everybody thought they were all dead because, of course, they're not dead because we still got 40 fucking minutes in the movie left. And Prime comes back and he's like, we're going to kill them all. Uh, and, like, even my wife got up and was like, she was hype. And my wife does not get hype about shit. You know, she's real calm and cool and collective. And I was just like, my wife just got hype for a second. I'm like, I know she is not getting into this movie right now. Yes, but- that's America. That is America. I just promise go. You ready to go, son. Sorry. <laughs> but but no, it's it's just one of those things where there are times where there are just going to be things out there that you enjoy because you enjoy them, and and that and that's pretty much all there is to it. It's like I won't knock somebody for, for liking something. I might think it's bullshit, but if they enjoy it, fuck it, they enjoy it. That's just that's just the nature of the beast. But I want to get back to the part about these toy tie-ins. Now, Transformers toys still sell. They sell very well, actually. Now, however, there was an article, another article about how like TV toy, or TV and movie toy-in ties aren't really selling how they used to well you know what i want to put some real talk on this let's be real a lot of these toys are bullshit okay i'm not i'm not gonna front let's go we'll start with green lantern toys the green lantern toys were terrible like now the, the bigger figures like the six inch and 12 inch figures not bad but like your standard three and three quarter awful looking also once again if you're going to make these types of action figures one they should look good Two, they shouldn't be so fucking expensive. Listen, I know times have changed. I know the products needed and materials needed to make these figures are kind of a little bit pricey at times, but you either make some cutbacks, find some new materials to make these figures out of, because I'm sorry, charging anywhere between $7 to like $10 for a three and three quarter inch action figure is bad business because a parent will because a parent will say, why should I buy my child five figures for $15 when I can go over here and get this video game that they will play for days, if not weeks 
And not only that, I could go trade it in and go get something else for my child. So they got to look at it that way, too. Also, these these movie toys sit on the shelf. You wonder why they sit on, the, sit on the shelf? A lot of times they're weak and they suck. But if you work a way to tie it into another toy line, then it then remains sellable. Perfect example. If I'd have made those Green Lantern toys, this is what I would have done. And yes, I know this is Monday morning quarterbacking, but Warner Brothers at times needs all the help that they can get. In a situation like this, this is what I would have done. You have Justice League Unlimited toys. You have and Justice League Unlimited and DC Universe toys. What I would have done is, is use that packaging this is the exact same packaging, logos, and everything. And like on the bottom, that's where you put the Green, Lan- the Green Lantern logo, movie logo, and whatnot, and coloring on the bottom. And see, then people know, oh, that's right, I got this Green Lantern movie to check out. This is Green Lantern. It's all part of the same toy line, though. All the toys work out together. But when you separate them, and I go to a store, and I got 50 gajillion Green Lantern toys on one side, and then all the way on the other side of the aisle are the DC Universe toys, that does not work. You got to like have this nice cohesive flow. Also, accessories. The Marvel toys sell for a reason. One, because they make accessories for kids. If I was 10 years old, I would have a Thor hammer, a cap shield, a Thor helmet, and I would be hitting kids. Okay? What, what, does, DC, what, does, what does DC have? Well, you know what? They got the ring, though. They got the light-up ring with the, with the mask. Yeah, I will give you that ring. That mask looks awful. Yeah, yeah, but hey, it's a mask because it look it look awful in the movie. Yeah, that's true. It's like that joint should just be the little that joint should just be a bootleg felt mask. That's what that's what Green Lantern should look like. Some old bootleg shit over top of this cool ass outfit that was designed. <laughs> bootleg felt mask. That's right. I'm for space. I got a bootleg felt mask. Whatever. Winning, <laughs> but nah, like yeah, they ain't got no hot shit. The only thing they got hot shit is Batman. Like he's the only one with real gadgets. Yeah. Yeah. Like who are you gonna do? Like how you, how you gonna make cool things? Do? Like yeah, the, the Marvel kids got accessories. Like your Cap got a shield, Thor got the dope ass hammer, Iron Man got the freaking helmet, repulsive rays, the freaking arc thing sticking off your chest. You you looking fly? They still you know selling whole hands. Still, they don't sell the original no. ones. The no, original no. ones was the bestest ones. Yeah, that and if you get one of those in one Hulk hand, you you got super scroll hands. <laughs> But see, they don't, they, you know, yeah, they got all that cool stuff. The DC, like, it's not even DC, it's not even Warner Brothers. It's the toy companies. They just, like, that's why it don't make no sense why I ain't no Robin in the movie. You know, the toys they can sell with Robin? Well, he's actual size. Well, here's the problem. Here's the, here, here, here's the problem. Like, because of the way the Batman movies are, those films are more adult based. And, and, and once again, it can work. It can work. They just haters. If I ever see them cats in the street, I'll tell them why I can work. And they'll be like, oh, shit, Julian, you so right. You are so right. Yeah, yeah, you. that's what you should have done. I know I'm right. But see, the thing is, though, even when they make those toys, like anytime they make a toy for like the Batman movies, like whether it be the Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, or now The Dark Knight Rises, once again, those toys are like completely separate from like yeah. all the other Batman toys or like any other action figure toy. And like there's a size imbalance and then you can't, you know, you can't work it out. It was like that's when true. they made those shitty ass Superman Returns toys. I'm like, who wants those? They should have made the big cellophane S. Mm-hmm. Oh, the big cellophane. You, cell- you could just throw that joint at people and just stick on them. Like, oh shit, <laughs> you defeated the S at you. They could have made the kryptonite shank though. That would have been kind of fun. Man. Like retractable kryptonite shank. Kid, you know, you kid, shank kids, kids would have been stabbing folks in the lunch line that, like Oz. Take that to play around. Playground. Oh, my. Been stabbing them like, like Puff. Take that, take that, take that. And it had been, been done. It had been done. And then they would have been blaming comic books for like violence in lunch lines at school. Ten cent plagues back. Yep, exactly. Bring that back. Shit, the ten cent. Yeah. 
DC, what are they going like? I don't understand. Like, oh, they gonna come up with an Aquaman movie? You get a Triton? That I don't know. That would be kind of dope, though. <laughs> yeah. Big ass Triton. But yeah, like, okay, Wonder Woman. If they ever do make a movie, they can sell mash at the girls. Mm-hmm. Oh, but like a lot of the characters, they can't like the Flash. Like, oh, wow, I got a ring. Unless they team up with Nike to come up with some special Zoom airs or something. Ain't no dope toys you can get out of me. <laughs> like the the Marvel guys, they just got bad better accessories. Yeah, okay. they just the accessories are on point. Like it's a shield. Yeah, like and, and it looks oh, it's dope. It's it's like the way it all works with um like with their toys, like with the Captain America toys, the Thor toys. Yeah, they're standalone, but at the same time, if you look at the packaging, there are a lot of similarities that kind of keep it all together, and they keep their toys together. So like you know they'll they'll tell these retailers, Cap toys, Thor toys, and Marvel toys in general all stay together. And they're all around the same size unless it's a deluxe figure. So kids get it, you know, and adults get it. But um, I don't know, man. It's like, yeah, a lot of these, a lot of these toys are struggling because, one, a lot of the toys suck. Uh, you know, let's be real. A lot of them suck. I'm like, hey, they, they still ain't stopping Ben 10 and Power Rangers. So it's like until you can top that, you know, what do you expect? It's like, I, I don't know. I don't really know what they, what they expect. And. And I would just stop worrying so much about making movie tie-in toys. Just make the toys themselves. If you make the toys themselves, I, I think it works out all right. You know, like when the cartoons come out, they make these toys. And a lot of times they make the toys even after the cartoon is gone. And they still say. Yeah, so yeah. I think those toys look all right, too. Yeah. Their little regular toys look fine. Yeah. They do well. I don't. The movie toys just suck. Like just unless, unless you're Transformers and you can sell actual cars to people. <laughs> or Legos if you got Legos cause them Pirates Legos yeah. are selling well yeah like and, and I want the Pirates Legos well, Le- Harry Potter's Legos are tight too yeah the Harry I used to really be into the Harry Potter ones the, the like, Le- the Le- around like the first second movie I was all over those well the Lego game done changed because Lego also acquired Marvel and DC properties to do Legos now too I s- oh I saw that San Diego lost my mind when I saw a, a Lego Superman I just want a Lego Superman game so bad where he just punches stuff and they just become bricks <laughs> I don't know like that's fine we can have finally have a good Superman game it's Lego Superman and he just saves people and he punches stuff and it becomes bunches of bricks and he like laughs at them and keeps on they did they did Lego Batman a couple years ago well, yeah that's what I'm saying it's awesome yeah. cause that's cool but Lego Superman he'll be able to like pick up Lego cars and like break them to put in the blocks and then we just do all the crazy stuff you do with Legos. Like when you kick stuff over and you're like, ah, I broke it. But he's Superman. He's a Lego man. He just flies around. He breaks Lex Luthor's stuff. Like, ah, like. <laughs> but yeah, Legos. Yeah, Lego people. They got Lego dudes. Like I want them. And they got, and um, I don't know if you guys saw that, but like Hasbro got their own Legos now that like are Transformers. Mm-hmm. And they transform. Like they got the movie Transformers and somehow you build them like Legos, but then they can transform into the cars and shit. That's fucking it don't crazy. Sense. It's crazy. It doesn't make any sense. But they Legos. That's, that's pretty awesome, though. And they got little Lego Man versions of the old guys, of like G1, like G1 Bumblebee, but he's like a Lego Man. It's, it's bananas. It's bananas. That's how they're making that money. And I guess, like, Joey, I'm going to let you start this one. And this kind of goes with going back to how the industry is making movies now and and the problems that it faces. 
I mean, yeah, we are getting a sequel to Clash of the Titans, which was just a oh god, yeah, it was a god awful movie. I still, I mean, still, it used to be if a film made a bunch of money, but it was like so critically panned. I mean, beyond critically panned. It would go. It would go away. But Clash of the Titans made so much money. Like, no, we get another one. Yeah, but did you hear Sam Worthington? They're going to do it right. I'm so salty. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm tired of that. I am so <laughs> tired of people apologizing. It's like you knew the movie you that's made. That's like the, the first trend I think that's going on in, in the film. And I was uh, like, oh, we're sorry. It'll be better. Like, whatever. Fuck you. It's like don't apologize for shit. You did it, and that's it. Just move on. No, you're absolutely right, and because I have a mass a massive issue with that, I don't like that at all. It's like you know what you made, the executives know what they made when they put this movie together. Stop apologizing. You know what you made, and if you know what like, and after it's all said and done, I know you want to stay in good graces with a studio, but you know what you made. Then you know that's at the end. It's like when Michael Bay apologized for Transformers Two. You knew what you made. You made a film without writers because it was in the right. It was in the midst of the writer strike. So you know what you made. Don't apologize for it. You know what you made. Yeah, I'm, I'm tired of it. We'll, we'll move to like the future of film and we'll start talking about stuff. Like we'll talk about some 2012 stuff. And I want your opinion on this. And I don't even think if I was a little kid, I would watch this movie. And I try not to judge a film by the trailer. But after I saw this trailer this morning and seeing how this film somehow. Peter Berg was able to get Liam Neeson, Taylor Kitsch, I know where and, you're going. and Alexander Skarsgård <laughs> in this movie with Rihanna. <laughs> How is it possible that a film, and I, like, you know what, and I, this was on the back of my brain because I even forgot they were doing it. I thought it was just a joke. Yeah. I, I thought an executive would not clear this, Joey. Tell me, have you seen the trailer for Battleship and what the hell is the industry thinking right now? I haven't seen it. All right, let me say this. <laughs> First of all, David Brothers had the best tweet on it. He's put like, "This is the most expensive expensive prank ever." Just, like, <laughs> link, the, link the trailer. I know that was great, but I watched it, and it's basically, I think, the sum. It's the summary of I think the problem with like Hollywood right now. It's just, it's taking all like all of that just franchise do a adaption of a cartoon this an adaption of a children's book this adaption of a happy meal and let's make a sequel of it tied with aliens invading the earth and we're gonna get rihanna as a navy seal it's like it just put all of that crap together into one two-minute trailer and liam neeson is like trying to be awesome and see, the and thing, I just, I'm just like, why? And the thing is, Liam Neeson, Liam Neeson is awesome. I, I love Liam Neeson. You know, he does like a lot of action movies now. I've been dying for yeah. him to do action movies. I look, I enjoy them. But this trailer is, like you said, it's very, it's just very systematic. And like the whole thing is, is that right now we are in a situation where, film wise, we hit that same spot where when Independence Day came out back in the in the '90s, when Independence Day came out, the United States itself really didn't have any enemies as you know like in like in the new we didn't really have any foreign enemies that we have, we probably had people under under surveillance and we had en- enemies that we dealt with but it wasn't in the news so the new enemy became at that time aliens and the united states along with some other countries helped defeat the aliens and it was like a feel good is a feel good type thing you know go usa and but now that's become the trend again for like a lot of movies is that who do you fight you fight unknown enemies and, you know, it makes you feel good at the end because, you know, you're not hurting somebody. You're just hurting robots. You're hurting aliens. You're not really hurting anyone per se. And I just I saw this trailer and it was just so nondescript. It was so blank. And I know it's just a trailer, but I'm like, listen, 
y'all do know this is a movie based off of a board a board game where I have a, a piece of plastic that I lift yeah. up with a chart that goes from like A to whatever and one to whatever and I put and I lay down my ships uh-huh. and my pegs and I try to guess where the other people's ships are at. Well see, maybe this was just me being stupid, but I honestly went into the trailer expecting someone playing the board game. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like someone's actually playing the game. So like a galaxy quest kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, something like, something like, like that. Like I figured they at least take that approach to it. Like reference it's a game or something. But they don't. They just play this up like it's just some big blockbuster action movie. There's no reference of it being Do a they game. ever say battleship like we have no. to save the battleship or something? I don't like think that. they do. I don't no. remember. I don't what think about they the do. logo? Is the logo the battleship? logo from yeah, the, the logo is yeah. the battleship logo yeah. yes yes i'm trying to like imagine this in my head now so no like- i tell you what's funny though what's funny is is that what happens is okay long story short for those that haven't seen the trailer um taylor i want to say it's taylor kitch's uh, character he is in the navy and um and like i guess like the general's daughter loves him to death and you get the scene in the beginning of the movie where like the general the general's daughter and uh taylor kish's character they're on the beach together and she's in the bikini so i'm like automatically i'm like well technically this probably won't be for 10 year olds this probably be like pg-13 because first i was like you know for a kid's film fine i mean you put out 50 marmadukes so go ahead i don't give a shit so you see this scene and then you cut to the scene where liam neeson's like you know that that boy's no good blah 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 and so then, like, the battleships go... They'll the bat- never make it on the battleship. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then, like, the battleship, like, heads out to, like, where this uh, item is just, like, it's in the water, submerged in the water, but, like, a little bit of it is... This foreign object is poking out of the water, so they put they put the character one of those rafts, and they take a raft out there, and they're just looking at it, and the guy touches the foreign the foreign object... Which wakes up this like super transforming ship, which then also causes this shield, this bubble shield, to form over a section of the ocean. And then these three transforming ships come up, you know, they go into battle mode. You see like this aerial view, and I laughed because it's like, okay, this is really looking like a board game now. You got three battleships over here, and you got three alien ships over here. And then these alien ships start shooting these cylinders, impacting into the battleships. And if these cylinders were either all red or all white in the board game, you you, yeah. you, you put in your pegs. And that's essentially what it was. It's just they looked like ammo containers. And I just kept telling myself, who greenlit this? <laughs> where did the funding come no, from? I did like the Liam Neeson line and it's like where he's like, you got to just start firing. And then one of the dudes is like, what do we fire, sir? And then Liam Neeson just turns to the camera and he's like, everything. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, whoa, this is real. <laughs> what if like at the end of the movie, like the camera like... Zone, like zones out like it keeps moving back and you just see like two people sitting in front of a game maybe that's like what it's it big, does it's like this big question about life and death and who controls what and like i don't know it could you be know, interesting you know no 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 if that was if that was the case i'd be like bravo but i don't think that's gonna be like the case. blow people's fucking mind like, people watch this like what the fuck was that? the new inception new inception yeah like the new inception there you go yeah. battle Everybody would talk about that. yeah little, little kids would be pulling out the little totems and start spinning them on desks it's like, is that real? <laughs> Am I in a dream? And that, that's so what you guys are saying is you're not looking forward to Ridley Scott's Monopoly? Stop it. <laughs> that was a real movie, man. That was in production. No. <laughs> I don't know what happened with it, but it was real. It was real. Oh, my <gasps> God. You, you've got to be. See, I, I'm struggling to try to pull on a hat. Candyland next. Uh, <laughs> no, that, that might be coming. Seriously. <laughs> Oh,
let's let's talk about some films that have come out this year so far that you really enjoyed that you feel were underrated i would like to i would like to once again throw my hat out to bridesmaids i really don't think that anyone I really don't, Bridesmaids being one, because I don't think that people, or at least males thought that a female, a female comedy could sell. But even with this quote unquote humor, uh, there's like this limitation that Hollywood puts on women as a whole. And that film can be listed as a chick flick, but it's a great comedy. It really is. That's a film I, I can- I think it's a great movie yeah. in general. Yeah, and it's a movie I could watch again and again and again and not be disappointed with it. I enjoyed it that much. Another film, and this film is as far as the scripting goes, as far as the story goes, as far as how it's put together, very stereotypical, but it's an action film and I did enjoy it. And the thing is, is that during like the month of February, which normally isn't the strongest month for intake at the box office, Liam Neeson did a film called Unknown. Mm-hmm. Unknown was the number one movie two weeks in a row. In February, and, and 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 honestly, it's hard for movies to be number one two weeks in a row. Yeah, Transformers was number one. Transformers was number one for I think like yeah two weeks, but um, and Thor was number one for two weeks in May. But it's a very difficult thing to do. Normally, films that are number one two weeks in a row are either kids' films. You know, every now and then you get a comic book movie that's number one two weeks in a row. But for a film like Unknown to be number one two weeks in a row, I don't care what month it was, that was very surprising for me. So I don't know whether that was just the lack of competition or just whatever was out there. But I enjoyed it, and and you know, an honorable mention goes out to Horrible Bosses. There are things about that movie that are truly fucked up as far as Horrible Bosses goes. But I, I might like I might see that uh, this weekend because um, I know the director of the King of Kong documentary directed that movie. Ah. Okay. So like I kind of he he directed he directed one other kind of feature was that Four Christmases which was terrible. So <laughs> I was hoping everyone a lot of people said they liked Harold Wilson. So I'm hoping to see like oh maybe this is a you know a little, like a return for him. Maybe he's going to do a little more like what he actually wants to do. Yeah. Uh, but and it's a good cast in that. I don't know. Looks pretty funny. Julian, do you have any surprises for 2011? Um. Ooh. ooh wait. Hold on. Let me look at my the list of releases. Where? Ooh, it's a, it's a. I think it's gonna be a busy fall. Hold on. Let me. Gotta look at the list. My bad. I want to see Winnie the Pooh. I like <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. Hey, Craig um, Ferguson is the owl. What? Yo, it's Winnie the Pooh. I was I was hooked on him since that ABC show with the dope ass theme song. It's like Pooh is the truth. Thirty minutes or less. Looks interesting. Attack the block. I've heard so many good things about it. Yeah. I guess I'll I'm watch it. Ooh, look at it. Fifty fifty. I want to see fifty fifty because I got my man Joseph Gordon Levitt in it. I was and like, it's oh, from the that's director. It's from the director of the Wackness as well. Yeah, no, I enjoyed that. You know, I had Biggie. Biggie was important to the movie, to the plot. The Eyes of March with George Clooney looks fucking fire. You got George Clooney and Ryan Gosling in it. It was like, hey, let's make a movie that Julian Wesley wants to see because he was coming to film some uh, Let's put cool-ass George Clooney in it. Oh, Ryan Gosling. I know him since Young Hercules winning <laughs> uh, Red State. You know, I want to see that whenever I get a chance to see it. Yeah. Luckily, I live in a pretty good uh, market. I'll probably get to see it pretty easy. Puss in Boots. I like Puss in Boots. Oh, that is right. That is coming out this year, finally. That is coming it's, out. I forgot. He's the only reason I can watch Shrek 2, 3, and I haven't even seen 4 yet. <laughs> Harold and Kumar Christmas. Harold, Harold Kumar. and Kumar 1 and 2 underrated comedies in my opinion. Yo, it's, that made Neil Patrick Harris a star again. Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy is like movie, like, oh, it's like aphrodisiac right there. It's like... Uh, it's spy stuff, freaking Tom Hardy, Gary Oldman, Colin Firth. Ah, uh, uh, looks awesome. Yeah, um, the Muppets. 
Cause I like Jason Siegel. Yeah. And I like the Muppets. And I have hope. Oh yeah, Sherlock Holmes. We gonna see Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. You just if if all the movies that's probably gonna end up going for Oscar, I just wanna see those. See, I don't even need to know what they are. Julian gonna see them. <laughs> oh, all right, cool, cool, cool. Joey, I'll flip it to you, man. All right, is this um like stuff from the year we liked? Or yeah, you, you can either go stuff from the year you liked or stuff that you're looking stuff that still hasn't come out this year that you're looking forward to watching. All right, well, I think Julian got most of the ones I was looking forward to, so I'll give okay. some from the year. Like actually, a lot, a lot of surprises. That's stuff I really liked this year. Uh, Hannah, Hannah was a total surprise because um that was yeah, uh, directed by Joe Wright. Uh, he directs a lot of like Oscar bait movies that I'm never really a fan of, and then he kind of comes out with this. Uh, kind of like enter the voidish kind of take on uh on kind of like a, a girl assassin and it was just uh, i don't know just total surprise like i think one of the best films of the year chemical uh, brothers score that, too oh yeah great chemical brothers score on that as well um like i mentioned before limitless i think limitless was fantastic um scream 4 was surprisingly good um i didn't i didn't think much going into it but it actually i think it had a lot more to say than people uh, think actually i think it actually took uh, that Brady Sinellis post empire article on celebrity and i think it kind of applied it to the horror genre uh, and the kind of modern society for younger people um that that was really good um i i wasn't in the theaters but i did see red state and i really liked red state i thought that um like i'm already a kevin smith fan but this was even for me it kind of surprised me and i didn't uh, it was way better than i thought it was going to be and i think that's probably one of the better films this year uh win-win was kind of a nice little family drama picture a film everybody hated but which i had a lot of fun with was uh, your highness from david gordon green while it is kind of a stupid stoner comedy thing it i felt kind of like to me like an honest portray- like something something you would have made when you were like a kid like a teenager and you're like a bunch of your friends wanted to make a movie you probably would have made something like that so in a way <laughs> i kind of enjoyed the youthful like, exuberance to it i'm trying to think what else I thought, I thought Paul was Paul was a lot of fun. Um, I think any like you know that's another like no that's the thing I've kind of seen this year though it's, a lot of the stuff feels like these a lot of these could have been summer movies but now it just aren't this this is like a, a March movie is what used to be like an August movie yeah I don't know it's just it's a it's weird it's weird the way it goes nowadays but like you mentioned Green Hornet I thought was was fantastic I thought it was really subversive take on the superhero movies and um i thought actually it's it, the way it tackled kind of i don't know ethnicities and race and and, and you know in cor- correlation to superheroes and superhero movies was actually really interesting and it was just fun probably the best action sequences in a like a superhero movie in a long time hmm. yeah midnight in paris is fantastic tree of life is fantastic so yeah mostly everything oh and even though not a great movie but um hall pass hall pass has the best gross out comedy joke in a film in years really he, Yes, I think that's almost everything. Yeah, source code. Yeah, source code was good. X Men was good. Yeah, so, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's I, everything. I, I'm really surprised. I'm really surprised. Oh, actually, I'm not. I'm, I shouldn't say I, I'm. I'm surprised, but because like when it comes to Summit marketing movies, the only three films they've really known how to market properly: Twilight, Red, and Knowing. Those are the three films that, that they've really known how to market because those are their most successful films. Mm-hmm. And, oh, knowing is such a painful movie. Oh, I don't know. No, I know what it is. I know what it is. Trust me. Uh, trust me. I'm not saying it's good. I'm Very just few times has a director that's kind of been on like my favorites list get knocked off and to never return. Wow. Because I felt so betrayed by that movie. That, that That's fire right there. That is the heat. <laughs> That is the heat. I mean, I'm talking like... And it has Nicolas Cage in it, being crazy Nicolas Cage, but it just didn't work for me in that movie. Well, you know, that's that's right during that period of time where Nicolas Cage was about to hit that mark where he just needed to work. Source Code, I think, could have made a lot more money, and we've talked about this before. It's one of those things where it could have made a lot more money if either marketed differently or even put out at a different time. It's just that 
I, it, they just put it out there. I remember seeing commercials for it, but it was just there. And that was mm-hmm. really it. And yeah, it still made money, you know, even with the, the lack of marketing. But I think it could have done even more for itself. You know, and sometimes I don't know if, if, if Summit like does things like this to like step on themselves or not. It's just it's really weird. Source code, the trailer just really reminded me of that um, Tony Scott movie, Deja Vu. Uh, there's a little there's some similarities it really just felt like that movie when i watched the trailer but i really think that they could have done more with that because to be honest with you you know if you look at like the like the whole as of this period as of this recording as far as the studio market share goes summit's dead last they have like 1.1 percent of the market share and they've only they've had a total gross of like 69.4 million dollars and 57 of it comes from source code Everything else hasn't made squat. They've had four four films this year, and one has pretty much made about 85% of their money. When you make all that money from Twilight, you can pretty much do whatever the fuck you want. You can be in last and just say, oh, we're just waiting until X date, Twilight comes out, we're good. But even that eventually is going to run out. It's kind of like with the Weinstein Company. King's Speech makes money, but that's really the only film they've had that's really made money. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, Scream 4 made $38 million in the United States, but a lot of people that should have seen it didn't see it. But then that goes into another trend as far as the state of horror films. But that's a whole another story. But, um, but yeah, I'm sorry. But, no, Alec, I hadn't, I hadn't let you speak. Oh, but, uh, Johnny, do you want me to give just a couple, though, of, of stuff that's coming up? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go, okay. ahead, go, ahead, go ahead. I think there's a couple I don't think Julia mentioned. But um, the, my, probably my most anticipated rest year is that movie Drive. From a Nicholas Winding Ref with um, Ryan Gosling, Carrie Mulligan, Albert Brooks. Oh, I'll see it once you just said those people won't be in it. Yeah, yeah. I, I just love because Albert Brooks is going to get to play a villain. I, I, that's so exciting to me. Um, and yeah, I, I think Ryan Gosling's like one of the best actors out there right now. So the fact that he's getting so many kind of, I don't want to say star vehicles, but a lot of like big meaty roles this year, I think is really great. Um, there's a new Gus Van Zant movie called Restless. It's supposed to come out somewhere this year. So oh yeah, I'll see that. You so say Gus Van Zant. Argue with everybody about that again next year, probably. Um, like a Paranoid Park. Uh, <laughs> the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Um, the yeah, picture, I think I'm pumped for that. Now, that trailer is so sick, dude. Now the trailer is so awesome. That leads to like a whole other thing. It's like how many how many times are we going to get to a state where we are remaking foreign films because we don't want to read subtitles? Yeah, but that's, yeah. but it's different though. That's like based. Uh, that's a reinterpretation of the book, though. That's the way I look at it. Okay, all right. No, that's it's Fincher, though. It's not like it's fucking just some guy that's coming into making it. Like I figure if Fincher is doing it, he must have. Yeah. There must be something about this material that makes him want to, you know, spend all this time making it. All right. No, no, no. I'm. I'm just, I was curious <laughs> on on your on your opinion for that because like there are a lot of people that have like that have seen like the foreign version you know like i could just call it the original version of the film and we've seen that with like you know let uh, let let me in or let the right one in and then now girl with the dragon tattoo and it's going to be like that with a lot of other foreign films as well there will be an americanized version we've had that with uh, the japanese horror films you know uh, whether it be ringu becoming the ring and and whatnot it's just it's common standard place but you know every now and then the original is better than than its American predecessor. I mean, oh, I definitely agree with like yeah. for like let the right one in stuff. I thought that was like completely like unnecessary. But a lot of people seem to actually like it's it. Good. It's good. It's on Netflix. Watch Maybe it. I'll it's check good. It out. It's on instant, I might check it out. Yeah, it is. It's on instant. It's really okay. really good. It, it's different enough from the original. It has the, you you get a different feeling from the characters in this one. It's just way. It's just made well. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. I'll check it out. Cool. There's there's two. I know that Sean has got to be really excited to see. What's that? Uh, Shark Knight 3D. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> you know what? Real steel. I know. I know you want to see that real steel. Rock, rock'em, sock'em, robots, <laughs> and like, and, and Hugh Jackman is acting like a big remote control. Listen, <laughs> the, the kid in me, the kid in me wants to go see that because that's all it is. Somebody said, "Let's make a rock'em, sock'em, robots movie." I'm like, this is brilliant. <laughs> you know that was an old episode of I think The Outer Limits or something like that, right? That's like actually, it's a, the entire plot is from like an episode of The Outer Limits of the Twilight Zone. But yeah, like it was already like yeah, it was already done like before Rock and Soccer Robots even ever came out. Except like they used that and they just made the robots as like Rock and Soccer Robots, but it's like an old plot from like the fifties or early sixties. I'm not even BS. I looked that up. I was like, I was shocked because for real, it's just like the Rock and Soccer Robot movie. And then you find out like, oh, this was done before. Yeah. Oh, that sounds dope. And also they had them robots in San Diego. Oh, they did. Yeah, chilling in the food food truck pavilion. <laughs> yes. Were they lounging next to the Smurfs? Nah, the Smurfs wasn't out there. They was before you got to the South Park. Did you see that city. gigantic Smurf they had in San Diego? That was like in the no. Field you know what I did see? I saw the freaking giant Finn and Jake hovering everywhere in the goddamn old city, talking about how awesome Adventure Time is, <laughs> protecting his luscious hair with that cool cap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's the first time there's ever been an Adventure Time plug on this podcast. Yo, Adventure Time is the truth. It's a good show. That show it's is not as good as the regular show, but it's good. Regular show is dope, though. That's my regular shit. Regular show is the truth. Yo, yeah. When when they were playing the when they were playing that like excite bike like game against them kids, and then like the music came in, they started playing Hanging Tough by New Kids on the Block. That shit was hilarious. How did they get the clearance for this? How is this possible? Regular show is a great cartoon. Regular show is everything Beavis and Butthead was supposed to be. Oh, you're not hating on Beavis and Butthead. No, no, no. I'm not hating on it. I'm not hating on it at all. I'm just saying, to me, that's what Beavis, like for me, that's what Beavis and Butthead should have been. That's like where that's regular show for me. I'm not hating on Beavis and Butthead at all because in their first time around, because now they're about to hit a second time around or even third, you know, they had some stuff that I enjoyed. And plus, without them, I don't get Daria. So, but I really, I just enjoy regular show. I think it's a great cartoon. But I, I digress. I digress. Alec, I'm going to give you the floor. <laughs> it's only going to be like two minutes. Uh, <laughs> from the four movies I saw this year, um, I'll just I'll just go with one pick to keep it short. Um, I, I, I like Super 8. I was surprised. Um, Joe keeps shit talking it. He doesn't like J.J. Abrams, but I was I was thoroughly surprised by Super 8. Um, I just went and saw it with a couple buddies who just want to get out of the house. Uh, wasn't expecting a lot from it, but. I don't know. J.J. Abrams has a has a thing where he just seems to riff on Steven Spielberg, but I thought it really worked in the case of Super 8. It made a lot of sense in that context, and I don't know, it's a it's a good story just about of you know why geeks kind of just connect to certain things, like why you connect to films and pop culture and all that stuff, and how it gets you through the tough times, and not just geeks, but just people in general, I guess. And I don't know, it's 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 really kind of heartfelt, and I really like the way they even handle some of the alien stuff. Like it comes off as really corny, but I thought it made sense in the movie. I don't, I dug it, and I think like there's really some good good actors in that movie. Uh, the, whoever plays the little girl, I forget her name, forget her real name, but Elle Fanning. She, yeah. Yeah, she's fantastic. She's really great to watch because she, you know, she'll play her main character for the movie, but then they're making a movie in the movie, so she's acting all these different parts. And I don't know, she's really fantastic. The, whoever plays the little kid is great as well. Um, so Super Eight, I had a good time with. I thought it was pretty solid. And like, I, I still like, movies I haven't seen that you guys have listed off. I definitely want to see Hannah, Red State, uh, Midnight in Paris. 
Tree of Life. You know, that stuff's on my list. I got to get to You take a girl to Midnight in Paris. It's a good go. move right there. If I had a That's theater a that move. played it, I need a theater that plays it first. Like, we we got to get you to another university. <laughs> yeah, get you to another market, man. You want to take graduate school? Go to go to DC. There's a bunch of quality, quality. No, he's lying. It's probably like a theater playing. You're just you don't look. No, like there's it. not, dude. I live in rural West Virginia. We're not playing. Nah, anymore. man. Nah, you got to get in the car. You got at least drive to like Montgomery County, Maryland, or something, man. It's not that far. I gotta be in Pittsburgh or something. Oh no, man, no. I don't know about Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah come, come to Maryland. I like come Pittsburgh. to Maryland, man. Come to Maryland. You, you get in there. West Virginia ain't that far from Maryland. People drive from West Virginia to D.C. every day to go to work. That is true. That is true if you live in that side of the state. Yeah, man. I don't know. I got to help you out. You got you to see something. Will, I will come to Maryland. We'll go watch a Woody Allen movie or something. <laughs> Take, you just point out the theater I should go to, and I will, I will do it. We'll figure that out. We'll, we'll, we'll work I'm that there. out. I'm there. We'll work. Oh, you know what? I want to go back to something. Remember when we was talking about for a moment how like how the game changed when BET let white R&B groups on uh, 106 in Park? Yes. Remember yeah. when like a lot of white folks just thought Tom Cruise went nuts? And this was like before Mission Impossible 3 and none of the major markets wanted to talk to him for interviews. What was the one thing that Tom Cruise did for Mission he Impossible? On B- he was on BET. Thank you. I, I actually remember that. I actually remember that. I swear to God, I'm the whitest kid in the world. But I remember that. I remember that. I remember him be like standing on top of a car. Yeah. And there was like people all around. And he was like, he was, he was promoting that movie. I totally remember Yo, that. Yo, he came out in the motorcycle for like, I was just waiting for like Rough Riders music to be playing in the background. Yeah. He came out in the motorcycle styling and folks at folks at 106 and Park was losing their fucking minds. And he had that soundtrack song with Twister and Kanye West on it. And it's just like, listen, Everybody else is not paying attention to me, but y'all will pay attention to me. That film still made money overseas. It, it, is, it is insane. And we, I don't care what anybody says. I still like Tom oh no, but Oh, no. I liked it, too. Dude, 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 still, dude, dude can insane. still be a dangerous actor when he wants to be. Like, yeah. that's, he, Will, see, I know Will Smith is awesome in Tropic friend. That's where he needs to take his cues from, man. He's got to do that dangerous shit, too. Well, he's already a Scientologist. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Playing with fire enough as it see, is. But. Will Smith ain't never come out saying he's a Scientologist because he's smart. <laughs> that is true. That is true. <laughs> Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise didn't give a fuck. He's just like, whatever. I am who I am. Black. No black people don't mess with Scientology. <laughs> you better believe in Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you better believe in nothing or Jesus. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Well, I think. Stuff I think, uh, I think uh, Tyler the Creator could agree with you on that one because since he's not getting played on any stations. <laughs> yeah, he's doing all right for himself though. That kid is doing. You, all right. you don't gotta worry. I don't care. I still like Tyler. Tyler's cool. He's with Pusha. He's with Pusha T. I like the mellow, the mellow hype stuff. Is awesome like a, too. It was like a controversy because they had all like the the six 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 and stuff on this website and these like radio stations like we won't play them because yeah, black people wasn't gonna make it anyway. They weren't <laughs> no way. He's not like yeah whatever. They don't they, they play the same for like eight songs. They're not gonna play Tyler. It don't matter because the West Coast love them. Mm. Yes, they do. This has been an interesting conversation. I didn't go on no 3D Yogi Bear rant this year. 
I'm kind of proud of myself. I still have yet to see Yogi Bear, and I refuse to. Although well, that would be great if you watched it and were like, you know what, this is actually really good. Was, <laughs> I would just love to have heard no, that. Review. What was like, that? What was that clip going around on YouTube when that movie was coming out? It was like an alternate ending where like Yogi Bear like kills the little bear. No, or boop, no, boo boo. Oh, it was on assassination on Jesse James movie. Like they put. Um, yeah, yeah, that was crazy. It was the most depressing thing I ever watched. I never. It watched. was really sad. It was really, really sad, and it was nuts. And I was like, "This is awesome that this is made." <laughs> <laughs> No, it I, was just as disturbing as the John K. Yogi Bear cartoons from 2000. Yeah, <laughs> extremely disturbing. Extremely disturbing. I love John K. You got to bring John. John K. Should have a show on right now. Mm. I was. I want to smack taste out of his mouth. He was hating on anime. <laughs> He's like racist against Japanese animation. I want to smack fire out of him. <laughs> yeah, but that's John K. Though, like John K. Hates everything. Like, that's uh-huh. like he deserves to get smacked in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> he probably does, but he's still John K. So. Well, <laughs> speaking of which, and I want to I want to close on this. Um, I saw an article today, and actually it, it came attached with a clip for the original opening for Superman Returns. And the original opening is like five minutes long, and there's no dialogue. It's just um, Kal El in the you know diamond encrusted ship, Kryptonian ship, going back to the remnants of uh, of his home planet Krypton. He's just, you know, navigating through this barren planet. It's all silent. And he gets to, like, this certain spot of the planet, and he turns on his headlights uh, for his uh, spaceship, and he sees this real big, embla- like, emblazoned S. And then, like, Kryptonite starts to sear out of it, and he starts to get weak, so he turns the ship around, and he decides to head back to Earth. And it was just it was just weird. And it was like five minutes and four seconds. That scene cost ten million dollars. And it was it was cut out of the movie. <laughs> I just like that he turns he starts to feel sick and then turns around. No, you know how you know they could That's probably not Superman. They probably could have saved a million dollars if they just had Superman fly through space instead of driving a spaceship. <laughs> yeah. Ten million dollars was spent on the scene that wasn't even in a movie. Yeah. This is my problem with like the industry as a whole. It's like I see and we all know of talented cats that can really produce great media, whether they're in the West Coast, East Coast, Midwest, cornfields, South, wherever that can produce great media if they had just a little bit of cash flow. I said this on Twitter a while ago for that scene alone. I could budget media projects and comic book projects for the next 20 plus years off of that 10 million dollars yeah. easily. And make and and should make money off. You could build like a kick-ass school for that money. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I mean, Uh. there's so much you could do with it, and it's just like that's my biggest problem with Hollywood and entertainment in general. Is you know how do you you know cut that waste? Cut it. You know, and and I understand what they was trying to do. They was trying to get all deep with it and shit. It just didn't work as Superman. And that's a whole other thing too. I know Superman got pushed back, and I don't know whether that was fear of just you know staying as far away from Green Lantern as possible. Or I know they're doing like some some like you know a little bit of rewrites here and there or whatever, but I'm saying once I'm say it again. Whether it's the comic book, whether it's the movie, all this shit. Listen, quit trying to make Superman relatable. The motherfucker is the last <laughs> son of Krypton. Quit trying to make him relatable to human people. The person that's relatable to the viewer or to a reader is Clark Kent. That is your muse for the relation between feeling awkward. Okay. And being an outsider when you're just trying to, like, you know, associate with the general public. That's what Clark Kent is for, all right? Quit trying to make him relatable. Stop it. 
It's not hard. Superman just needs to punch something. Exactly. Other, other than Zod. Exactly. Something other than Zod. It'd Listen, be great. Yeah. You know, I don't mean I don't care what he punches as long as he's punching something except real estate. And you know, I'm <laughs> no kryptonite real estate. Cut that shit out. All that right. That would be an awesome comic cover though. Like Superman fights real estate. It's just like punching. J- written by JMS. Yeah. No. no. <laughs> Why? What's gonna do something like that? It's gonna be some old 1940 stuff. It's yeah. gonna be the new Superman in the t-shirt, the jeans, the baby blanket. Mor- Mor- and, Morrison's and, bringing and back. Boots, and he's Morrison. gonna be fighting evil yeah. freaking housing guys, loan officers. <laughs> Mor- Morrison's bringing back the social activist Superman. That's right. So. It'll be cool. It'll be cool. It's 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 not hard. It, it's Superman, and I, and in this industry, this industry overthinks. It overthinks when it shouldn't, and it under and it well, it overthinks and underthinks massively at times. I find it amazing that they've had so much difficulty putting a Superman film together. Now I know Nolan is the executive producer on this, so I, that that it, that does help, and you know David Goyer is helping with the writing. That does help, but then again, nah, but Zack Snyder's directing it though, so that, like. Squashes all hope, I, I, and then there are concerns. But see, as long as no one's there, I think that that helps because I'm sure no one will say that's not a good look. You need to try this, hopefully. But I'm not sure though. I'm not sure because I don't really know what his take on that character would be. Okay, so, well, I don't know. Well, but my whole, but once again, my whole thing is is that we have all these issues with a Superman movie, but yet they can make a Battleship film. <laughs> I think I should, we should just end. I, I think next year though, it's that the, our take our take on Battleships gonna be completely different. I mean, like that's 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 what they've been doing right. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna be like this. This is the film we hold up, Battleship, man. This is like, I'm telling you, we were bashing it now, but I don't know. We never know. Rihanna's the new Justin Timberlake <laughs> in the film world. Mm. One of the best supporting actress. Oh, oh man, uh, I don't think you take it that far. <laughs> not not for Battleship. When you watch that trailer, you'll see. And like I said before, even it's on the front page of IMDb right now. Actually. Oh my. Yeah, yeah, y'all. Everybody needs to stop what they're doing and watch this trailer. It's crazy. And like, like I said, I'm not trying to be a hater. I'm not trying to diss. It's just, I, I don't understand. I, I really don't. But anyway, before we leave and we close out this uh, this uh, state of the, the movie industry discussion for 2011, um, Julian, can you tell the people where they can see your webcomic and where they can get your podcast? They can see ants at ants.julianlito.com. I just took a break. I broke my street because I'm with San Diego, and I had no scanner or computer. But yeah, right now the ants is fighting Rupert Murdoch because he hacked into their phone <laughs> and caused them drama with their girl. So, like, yo, we can't have that. So they flew to England and they're going to stomp a mud hole in his ass. But he got that kick-ass Asian wife. <laughs> so yeah, so it's on like Donkey Kong. And my, po- awesome. <laughs> my podcast is at ignorant-bliss.com and I have 10 episodes up because I record when I got free time and I talk about whatever. The next time I record probably be about San Diego and how I ran up on Daniel Lindelof randomly asking for directions and he dapped me up because I like Lost. And I like the ending. He was mad excited. Um, Joey, I'm going to hand it off to you. You tell the people about matinee. I'll hand it off to Alec. I'll, I'll, off to Alec. <laughs> I'll, hand, I'll hand it off to Alec. Alec, tell, the, responsibility. Uh, tell the people where they can get uh, podcasts such as The Chemical Box and Matinee Idols. All right. The Chemical Box and Matinee Idols are both in iTunes. So go to the iTunes Music Store and search Matinee Idols or Chemical Box. Matinee Idols is movies. Chemical Box is comic books. Uh, you can pick whatever you want to listen to. Uh, the Chemical Box is also on the Chemical Box Podcast.blogspot.com, and there's matineeidols.wordpress.com. Okay, and so that yep. was I D L E S, right? Yep. 
Yep. And um, Joey, um, let's see. Now, I know you are also part of the Chemical Box and the Matinee Idols podcast. We we started this Matinee Idols Month thing last year, and we're doing it again, once again, uh, this year. And, and it's, you know, it's a really big deal to me because I, I do love movies. You know, we talk about a lot of different things on this podcast, you know, whether it be comics, movies, toys, music, you name it. We really talk about a BET, 106 and Park. Tom Cruise on motorcycles. You know, we, we you know we mix it up, but the one like some of the one of the things I enjoy doing most is Matinee Idols Month, and it's always a really big deal. So to like you, Alec, the entire Matinee Idols crew, and Vern, one day I'll have you on my podcast when your Skype ain't, when your Skype acts right. I will, I will have you on this show, but um, but seriously, thank you for you know doing this again. No, no problem, man. Always happy to be here. Cool. We have to have you on again because the last time you were on, we started a controversy. So, oh, oh for real? Well, what happened? Well, I'm trying to remember what was that controversy? Don't you remember the whole thing with the with the uh, whiny fanboy awards and such? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that heat. We're still, we're still rocking that trophy, man. Yo, yo, heat was being brought that day. <laughs> heat, heat, and salty feelings were being just like tossed out that day. Folks was Lowry's that day. I was shot. Moyes, Moyes, they had the yellow, the yellow raincoat with the with, with the, the umbrella. umbrella and the galoshes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when it rains, it pours. Ooh, so salty. Sprinkle, sprinkle, sprinkle. <laughs> like you about to, like you about to go fight some sumo. You know, you gotta put the salt down to get away the spirits. That's why you're so salty. You gotta kill the evil spirits. Yes, that's so true. But no, I really enjoy doing this show. So, uh, so thank you, thank you once again. Yep. Oh, no problem. Oh man, it was fun. I yeah, but here's what's, here's what's funny though. Here's what's funny though. Last time you were on that when you were on the chemical box, detox is supposed to come out. Still not out. Still not out. Been waiting for detox. Okay, <laughs> been waiting. I'm trying to be patient with Dr. Dre. You know what? I understand how he feels about his music. He's real peculiar. But how many it. singles have come out? Like three singles. Three singles. No album. No, yet, album. no album. And I like and, and you know when it finally drops, I'll be more than happy. Be more than ecstatic. And like I know a lot of the singles aren't getting like a lot of heat. And, like, you know, they're getting decent sales, but it's not, like, to what the industry used to be. But I really wish he dropped this album because, I, man, I, I can't wait for it because I know it's going to be tight. We hope it's going to be tight. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but you know what? We didn't talk about Fast Five this whole show. and We talking about movies. We didn't talk about Black Ocean's Eleven. That, that's probably the biggest surprise of the year is that that, I guess, like, the the general consensus on Fast and the Furious went back to it being cool again. Mm-hmm. Dude, 4 was off the chain. <laughs> this I didn't see it. I, just saying, like, I remember when it was like, from, like Tokyo Drift came out, everyone's like, stupid franchise, go, like everybody hated it. And then, like, this one end. came out and now everybody is like really excited about it. I, just, I didn't see that coming at the time. See, it was the end. The end of 3, even though people don't like it, the end of 3 saves the whole franchise because you saw Vin Diesel come back. Wasn't that the end of 4 though? No, no, four was he was back and it was gangster and everybody was oh, hyped. Okay, okay. like that was the one that was just called the Fast and the Furious. Like yeah, again. it was called right. Fast and Furious. It was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I will say once again, Fast Five enjoyed immensely. I had a blast watching it, and you're right, you're right, Julian. It is that multicultural Justice League of America of heist films. It, it really is, and and like. I got to see The Rock versus Vin Diesel fight, put each other through drywall, beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> okay, now not only that, I told some of my best friends a decade ago after uh, Scorpion King came out, mm. I said, take The Rock and Vin Diesel, put them against each other in a movie, and we can. And Universal had contracts with The Rock and Vin Diesel at the time. I said, put them together in a movie, it will sell. 
it will sell. Ooh, and they waited they, they they waited a decade to do it. I'm like, see, Hollywood don't listen to me. I try to tell these people stuff, and they don't listen to me. They waited a decade later. Now, $600 million later, worldwide, there you go. And I, I just, I had a lot of fun with the movie. It, I just enjoyed it. I really did. Now, I don't know. Joey, have you seen it yet? No. No. <laughs> you missed out on the movie right there. That's the truth. You need to get on that, son. It, it was the pause that got me. I'm like, oh, shit. So they was in I'll the, check it out. The, they I'll was in the favelas, son. They was in the favelas. <laughs> It was in the favelas. Yeah. It was oh come on. Yeah. It was the white dude is the sidekick. Yeah. Paul Walker is the sidekick. Yes. I mean very a very minimal role. A very Man. minimal role. That um, was the best superhero fight of the last five years. It, it was like Black He Man versus Black Adam. <laughs> <laughs> enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Had a really good time. I just I thought it was a lot of fun and and you know, and I joked, but it's true. It's it's one of the first movies ever with a multicultural cast to make that much money and Will Smith wasn't in it. And I don't mean that to be mean. It's just, it's true. What if they could get him in it too? Oh my God. Oh my God. Uh, you, um, I'm making, I'm making number eight. Making number eight. <laughs> what? We got Ava Mendez back. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah, she did. I mean, Ava Mendez is in Fast Five? Um, she, a cameo at the end of the film. All right, I'll probably watch it then. It's just, just, it's just a cameo at the end of the film. That's it. You know she's going to be in the next one. Oh, yeah, that is true. That is true. And he some, needs drama. He needs drama because that means that's his his cop girlfriend when he was in between. But now he got Jordana Brewster back and they got a baby. Oh, oh. stress. <laughs> stress. <Ooh. laughs> Han is still alive. His name is Han Solo, people. His name <laughs> is Han Solo. <laughs> uh, it's beautiful. Who's messing with that? No one. No one. It's just a bunch of brown people wrecking shit, stealing cars, and robbing super criminals. No, nothing's better than that. And Tyrese is cracking jokes. Awesome. Yeah. Tego Calderon and Don Omar is in it. What? <laughs> what? They don't know about that reggaeton, no. They might not so, know about that reggaeton, no. All they do is speak Puerto Rican Spanish the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> they talk any English. It's awesome. Uh. Every time I see, I saw that commercial for Fast Five though, and um, Tyrese, uh, he's yelling that like, uh, was like, this is like Mission Impossible, or whatever. He yells that whole line about that. I always thought Sean would have done a much better reading of that line. Oh well, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate. I still that. think I still think you should have played Puffy in the Notorious movie. I still think, <laughs> like I still like I think I think like they're really sleeping on you. I think you really well. That's until I get behind the camera, and then I think we'll see. Oh, that's that's all going to change, man. I think if I've learned one thing from this podcast is that Julian has made me want to watch Fast Five and Transformers Three. So your, your life would be better if it was the way that I, could watch it with you. <laughs> I would. If I could watch it with you, I would because it'd just be me getting hyped. That's all you would hear. Like, no, I, I'm gonna, I want to film, want to film an advertise like a PSA for Transformers Three. Which it's just Julian standing in front of the screen with all the robots like fighting in the background. He just gives that whole rant. No, it's like Julian. I need a Julian commentary, not even a PSA. I want like the whole two hour, two and a half hour commentary. Like a riff tracks. Yeah. Getting hype. No, no, no. It'll be like whatever, like the Roger Ebert commentary on Citizen Kane. It's going to be that important to cinema going forward, I think. I I probably should do that for the show. I probably should just like watch Fast Five and get hype. 
Because when, when, when The Rock crashes through that window and Vin Diesel looks back like, what the fuck is that? Bam! <laughs> it's like, oh, God. Oh, my God, it's heaven. It's like movie heaven. is just like... And then they're going to do it again because it's like, that's the future of movies right there. You put a bunch of brown people in it and you know what? South America will go see it. Yeah. <laughs> Because there's a bunch of brown people down there. Who'd have thunk? They could have sold toys for that movie. It would have made more money. They could sell Fast and Furious toys, and I would buy it. Like a little Vin Diesel. And a little racer. And, and The Rock and his big truck thingy. And then Tyrese and like his little fast car. And, and Ludacris. Ludacris. With his little with his car and his little remote control car comes with him. Yeah. So he can go, you know, do his thing. And then Tango Calderon and Don Omar. And they come in the one car. <laughs> And then and you get Jordana Bruce and she come in a little fast car and she jacked from the train. Yeah. Oh man, you got to you got to bring the dude back. He'd be the chase figure, the dude from the first movie who had yeah. the messed up that that was the homeboy with the beard with the manly gruff beard. You'd yeah. be the chase figure. You want to get one one of him a case. You got to hunt him down because you know he you know he's a surprise. Then you know how what? long is Ludacris in the movie for? Like about half the movie. Because I find it funny how like all of like Ludacris's like filmography has been him. Showing up in a movie like for twenty minutes and then just disappear like rock and roll. He just shows up towards the end. But he's awesome. Everybody's and, in that um, for like twenty minutes though, and yeah. if you, they got so many people. Okay. Rock and roll is all over. Gamer, he's in it for like twenty minutes, mm-hmm. and like it's just weird. But I, like, I like him in Gamer because he just shows up. No, I like, like him. I'm just saying. I find it funny how all his career has been. He just shows yeah. up in a movie like an hour in and is there for twenty minutes and it, then just is gone. In Fast Five, when they put the team together, once he shows up, he's prominent. Oh. Yeah, he's important. Like all the people from all the, who's been in a Fast and Furious movie has been like a main character of sorts are important. Like they all have like a major thing to do with the movie. Like Han is important, and then like oh the run random chick that was part of the bad guys from the last movie. She's in it now. Now she's part of the good guys because she's sexy and like Brazilian. He's <laughs> like, hey, we need to have a sexy Brazilian driver, of course. And she's gonna hook up with the Japanese dude because he's freaking Han Solo. <laughs> <laughs> Although I will say, when this is all said and done, I am thoroughly disgusted that as far as worldwide grosses, Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides has made a billion dollars, and so has Alice in Wonderland. Johnny Depp. Wasn't Alice in Wonderland last year? Yeah, yeah, it was. I'm just saying. No, I know know Johnny Depp will sell sell pictures, even though the tourists didn't really sell. That was a good movie, though. That was a a decent little film for what it was doing. Best musical or whatever at the... uh, (laughs) (laughs) But wait, yeah, but you know, Transformers was out less time. It's going to break that billion, like... It's probably breaking it right now. Like, like oh, Optimus Prime makes money. Oh yeah, well, Darker the Moon right now is made like nine hundred twenty-six uh, million. Yeah, yeah, dark of the Moon is that actually the title? Yeah, Transformers yeah. Dark of the Moon, and it actually has to do okay. with the dark side of the moon. Mm-hmm. So, like freaking Pink Floyd. Yep. <laughs> I was actually waiting for them to play some Pink Floyd. Actually, I thought they were. I thought like I know how be blasting some Pink Floyd as he driving down the highway shooting Decepticons, but he wasn't. Rastafarian Decepticons that look like Predator. Rasta, that's right, man. That's right. The Bumbleclot. <laughs> <laughs> and that concludes this week's PKD Black Box. The PKD Black Box is a proud member of the HHWLOD Podcast Network and is available at HHWLOD.com and is also available via iTunes. And you can still go to PKDmedia.com to get our podcast, check out our form, and read comics like Mercury and the Murd, Agents of Cult, and Luke Foster's The Gang from the Store for free. If you're on iTunes or our forum board, feel free to leave us a comment, or you can email us at blackbox at PKDmedia.com. Thanks again for listening. 
Until then, dream big and hustle hard. No, for real. I really needed this, y'all. I ain't gonna lie. I man, if I work on one more damn thing this evening, I'm I'm done. I'm done. So this is like this is my release. So uh, time to take a break. Yes, yes, and uh, and talk about Puff Daddy videos. <laughs> oh, man, don't get me started. I wanted to, I wanted to puffy dance up in San Diego so bad. <laughs> you don't even know. You know, I ain't had no good music. I can't, you know, take that, take that. I couldn't hit that on them. They don't. They're casting the comic and she don't know nothing about that. No, they don't. No, they don't. I want to get that suit that Puffy had in the "I'll Be Missing You" video when he was dancing in the rain. Oh yes, oh yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, Sean, did you see? Did you see uh, Captain America? Yes, yet? I did. Did you see that Puffy was in it? What? What are you talking about? What? Guy Puffy, was in the Puffy in oh, the yeah, Derek Luke. Oh, yes. Derek Luke. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he did a good Puffy. <laughs> yeah. He did a good Puffy. Yeah, I, I, I did see that because I was I, I looked at my wife. I was like, "That's Derek Luke," and she was like, "Who?" I was like, "That's Puffy." She was like, "Oh." She was like, "Yeah, that was Puffy." Like <laughs> <laughs> he's Puffy now. <laughs> Yo, well, see, that's what he get for doing them puff steps on point and notorious. Uh, he grew. He grew up. That's that. I grew up watching Puffy on the video <laughs> on, on Rap City. <laughs> Now, BT, every, I mastered them joints. Every time I watch, every time I hear warning, I just see Derek Luke doing the puffy dance <laughs> from Notorious. Every time I hear it, every single time. See, y'all done got me hyped. Now I'm all hyped. Now I'm ready. For I really like, like you liked his, you liked his puffy. Like I, th- I don't know. He was okay. I don't know if I puffy. I thought he was puff. I, I, I thought I thought he was puff. I, I, I really, really liked his rendition of puff. If you know puffy, that man did the best. Freaking Sean Puffy Comb since Dave Chappelle in the breast <laughs> <laughs> milk. Uh, I drink the best breast milk. Y'all crazy. Y'all crazy. <laughs> I want to see that so bad. But yeah, you know, Comic-Con messes up seeing movies for free. Because I'd be dang if I'm waiting in a line to see a movie for free when I could be at some type of industry party chopping it up. Hey, man, you can remember, get your blazer or sport coat for next year. Of course, you know, I'm going to have to walk in looking like Ghostface in the Apollo Kids video when he had the big champion <laughs> belt over his head. You know, uh-huh. rappers like ZD facing me real TV. The gods build. You, you come in with the gold Wonder Woman arm with like the eagle with the eagle on the bracelet. You come in with that. Call me. Now I had to flip it. I'm gonna actually have one have one woman on there with the the joint the George Perez cover when she got the flag and 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 her hands up blocking blocking bullets. That would be my ginormous. That'd be your wrist piece. Yes. Okay. Styling. See, looking like Rio. Looking like. The mountain on Rio with the big Jesus, <laughs> Wonder Woman instead. Uh, they don't know. They just don't know. All right. Skype's only gonna get worse because I read something like just like a couple days ago where they said they want to put ads on Skype calls. 
because Microsoft has to, has to make up this $8 billion they dropped on Skype. And I was like, that's the dumbest fucking idea I've ever heard. Like, you'll be talking to your mom on Skype, and then they'll just be like, you want to buy pizza? Advertisement or <laughs> you want to enlarge your dick. That'd be awesome. Like, yo, yo, son. Yo, let me holler at you. We trying to push these new... Join Netflix, because for $8 a month, <laughs> you can watch a new episode of Mad Men right after it airs. Or <laughs> something really, it's like that. Yeah, man. You know, I'm calling you right now from India. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, if anything, it'll make podcasting more interesting, which hey. it sorely needs. Uh, so, um, yeah. That's <laughs> true. No, I, I tell you what. No, what should happen is like when you're on a Skype call and a commercial comes in, Skype should be like should just literally say pause, and then the commercial just comes right in, and then like when it's done, it's like continue, and that that shit would be smooth. Waiting to see if Adobe goes public. Because right now it's just really just like a corporate and uh, university thing. They got a program called Adobe Connect. If Google Talk would ever get its shit together, Google Talk's not bad. I mean, no, I, no, yeah. the um the stuff in freaking um Google Plus, the Hangout off the chain. Mm-hmm. That's what I've heard. Off the chain, mm. Hangouts off the chain. People ain't even ready for that yet. <laughs> Use it. It's off the chain because there's things over the internet. You ain't got no application or nothing. I do want to try it. I'm just like hesitant to sign up for another social thing. It's the truth, son. Yeah. The circles. It's all about the circles. Sir, I do <laughs> like the circle. It's like, Havoc. Idea. It's like Havoc's chess. It's keeping <laughs> circles. <laughs> that was our Skype commercial, Julian. Yes. <laughs> Google Plus. It's all about the circles. <laughs> Pause. <laughs> Real talk. You need to get on that Google Plus. <laughs> Continue. It's always it's always numbers with Sean. He always pops up numbers. I love it. Yeah. How about wait? Was it the fact that Fast and the Furious is still probably like the number three movie of the summer? Um, and it came out in April. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that movie is still the heat. You know, even though they keep minimizing its uh, screens, it, it still does well. So, well, it has been out since April. So you know, if it's down by now, it, they've already made enough money to make four more Fast and the Furiouses. Yeah, pretty much. I'm just waiting for them to bring back Lucas Black and, and Bow Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm genuinely excited. Like, I'm. This is no bullshit. I I want to see Tyrese, Ludacris, Bow Wow, all in one scene together, cracking jokes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right. Hold on. We got we got to save all this talk. All right, here we go. Good thing I. Good thing I recorded from the jump. Um, You're gonna start editing like me, where I just fucking pick pieces of everything and then make a whole new conversation out of it. Oh, yo, man! (laughs) If people knew the number of conversations Joey and I had, if I ever recorded those, (laughs) dude, I don't know. You could just cut the part out when we talking about the Wonder Woman bracelet with Wonder Woman on it and just put that on anything. It's like, yo, people ain't ready for that. I walk up in, in some place, some party. It's like, yo, does he have Wonder Woman just like 12 inches off his wrist? Yes. Yes, he do. <laughs> what? Is, is that the actual flag hanging off of it? Yes. Does he have a matching Ric Flair chain dangling from his neck that says, woo? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
And then I'll get into a rivalry with whatever actually is the real champion of WWE at the time because they're going to probably come up and talk about how my belt looks better than theirs. <laughs> they be like, oh man, they're going to start something. And I'm going to start quoting Ric Flair talking about the prestige and be like, they ain't going to be ready. And talking about how I got more cars than them and they got friends. <laughs> I'm going to have my Rolex on and my the gold around my neck. I don't stand on the table. It'd be epic. Mm-mm-mm. All right. I- <laughs> All right. We got it. It's stuck. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. That run on sentence could have went on forever. I seriously could have listened to that. That was great. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> could have just kept adding to it. No. Yeah. Don't, don't nobody floss words like Julian. No one. No one. There are people that like dream of just putting together <laughs> elaborate plans no, no one I know. No. The best, the best, the best Julian um, thing was the um, on CGS like a long, long time ago. I remember you were on and um, Peter was calling from like a, a cell phone or like a pay phone. I don't remember, but you had this big elaborate story about how he got to how he got to that phone. And like he was wearing like a suit from casino and stuff. Like, I, I, I remember it being really funny. I, it really funny. I think I remember that. Yeah, yeah I, think I, I have no idea what you're talking about right now. <laughs> That's the way I think of things when I'm talking on the freaking podcast. I have no idea. I say anything about him being in the casino suit. <laughs> I say anything about him getting blown up in the car and escaping out the front. Yeah, you, you talked <laughs> about all that actually. <laughs> oh uh, shit. Oh, why did I see Bobby Brown in the Boston airport the other day when I was coming home? <laughs> the screw face song with the screw face. people for a dollar and shit. No, no, no. He was going somewhere because I saw, I was checking the blogosphere. He went to some party with a couple like that next day or something. But I saw he was looking salty wherever he was going, man. He kind of gave me a screw face. But I kind of looked at him. I was like, do I know this man? <laughs> Bobby Brown? Looking all chunky? <laughs> Uh, you know Bobby's still salty at Bravo canceled his series four years ago. Man, he stuck his hand in his wife's butt. That's not good. That deserves to cancel. You ever heard the Adam Carolla thing about um about Bobby Brown? Like where he's like uh his kid's name like his his daughter's name is Bobby, like his son's name is Bobby, and like everybody's name is Bobby. Like, I can't remember the whole bit. So he's the George Foreman of R&B. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was like, I wish I was black. So I just started naming everything Bobby. Like the remote Bobby, whatever. Like my couch Bobby. Whatever. <laughs> it's good, good time. Uh, All right. Here we go. You know, yeah. You know what? All right. We gonna flip it. We gonna we gonna flip it. We gonna move on from the we gonna move on from the toys because I'm about to take my war machine out of my Iron Man box and just start playing with it. But I'm M. Frail is looking right at me, and on top and on top and right next to him is uh, John Stewart, and then after that is Heavy Duty from GI Joe. It's like three brothers lined up back to back to back. Not Heavy Duty, not Mr. Echo. <laughs> yes, Mr. Echo. But um, but no, you know what? We're gonna take it back. We're gonna take it back to film though. Um, and enjoy. I'll flip it back to you. 
because you was kind of quiet on the toy talk. I thought you was going to yeah, jump in with... Yeah, it's a whole other language to me. I, I thought you was going to jump in with Jurassic Park toys or something. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess. I don't know. He, he didn't prompt me. So I'm sorry. I, I don't want them. Dinosaurs. <laughs> dinosaurs would be dope. Dinosaurs. Could, it could, be so cool. Because you know Mattel... We would, still got to do that podcast on all the failed um, Jurassic Park lines that like came from like the uh, movie scripts. Yes. Like the chaos effect and all that stuff. Yes. There were a lot of cool Jurassic Park toys, though. Like I had a lot of that crap when it was coming out. The Genesis game was fire. Yes. Yeah, that was awesome. I love that game. I played that recently, actually. I put it on my laptop, but then I had to stop it on my time. Mm. I used to like just fucking populate a whole island, like put no fences in it, and just have people <laughs> land and shit. I always, I always fed, but I never even got the dinosaurs on the island. I used to just spend all the money on like the concession stands and bathrooms. Like, <laughs> I, I, I was like, all right, I had money, and like I didn't even put the fucking embryos in to get made for the dinosaurs to be made. So. You missed the whole point of the game, man. <laughs> whole point of the game. But um, you know, okay, we we gonna move on. 